Hey everyone, welcome back. Game Face is back. It's episode 317 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. Alongside me today is Matt Kyle to talk about the latest and the greatest in video games. Wow. Wow. <laughs> how the was, latest. Yeah, the latest, definitely. <laughs> Not the greatest, so to speak, with today's episode. We'll see how it goes. Um, how was your two-week layoff? All right. Yeah. Um, went some places, got some sun. Um, How'd you get sun? I went to an air show. Uh, <laughs> um, That's and, a rare occurrence for our folk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your know. face does look a little, little yeah, red. Yeah. In film festivals. Yeah. Except, You've really uh, been making the rounds. There's been all kinds of them. Yeah, we've been at a lot of them. We're going to Philly in a couple oh, weeks. Oh, really? I'm not. But my, oh, I was going to say, I could give you some uh, tips on where to go and Brian, what to see. Brian's going. Oh, okay. The director's going. We're nominated for a bunch of stuff there. That's so. awesome. We got a best actor, best drama, best uh, choreography, best, what is it? No, best editing, best cinematography, and best uh, sound design. Wow. Across the, That's two, awesome. across the two movies. So. Good luck. So hopefully uh, Flat Earther can start winning some stuff and start catching up to the dance movie. Yeah. Wait, so the dance movie has one more at this point? Dance movie's won, I think, two or three things. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mostly cinematography and, and lighting stuff. Yeah, I can um, see that. And uh, the new one, uh, and the other one, the other one got a later start because we didn't finish it until May. So it's, it missed a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's catching up. It's yeah. catching up. Uh, we, the one this weekend was uh, the, the NoHo Cinefest. Uh, and that was at this place called Look Cinema in Glendale. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the NoHo Cinefest was in Glendale. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's a um, little weird. But it, it, I'd never been there before. It's like one of those like Alamo Drafthouse style, like you know, you can order food from the seat sort of things. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't, I don't hold with that. I don't like the. Oh, you I, don't like that? No, I don't. I don't eat while I watch. movies. I'm there to watch a movie. I'm you don't even eat like a snack. No, nothing. No. no. Wow, I'm, interesting. I mean, before, like, if I haven't eaten dinner or something, I'll get something and eat it before the movie starts. Uh-huh. But I will not eat during the movie. That wow, not, not like milk duds or any M and M's. Nothing. No. Interesting. Okay. Um. And the last thing I need are people turning their phones on and, and scanning shit and ordering things right. and stuff. The that one, is a distraction. The one thing I did like is um, the cup holders have a hot mode and a cold mode. Oh. I thought it was cool. That is cool. Um, it's but, crazy how bougie theaters yeah, are oh, getting yeah. now. And they have like trays. I, feel, I sat down I'm like, are we taking a test? What's going on? <laughs> um, but it was the best presentation of the two of the movies I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Like, I, even in terms of like QA and we've dug like... I've never seen Flat Earther look that good. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. Bless you. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, so that was good. It was, especially after, because the weekend before was Catalina. Yeah. And Catalina, Catalina's gorgeous. What a beautiful place. But that film festival's presentation was like high school AV clubs. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a projector attached to a MacBook, um, with a folding screen in the city council <laughs> meeting room in the city hall. <laughs> And it's doubly oh, weird man. because there's a gorgeous single-screen Art Deco theater in the casino building on Catalina. Uh-huh. And they did show the, the big premiere at the end of the, 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 the festival, and the awards were there and everything. But uh, almost everything else was shown in this weird little, like, it was like, it was like a town hall meeting. Yeah. Bizarre. And the door to come in was literally the back of the room. So every time anyone came in, <laughs> light just right. flooded all, you couldn't see anything. All over the screen. And when yeah. we first came in, they were playing this German horror movie. And we're like, I'm like, is something, is this is a very weirdly paced film? And Brian's like, they're running it at 90% speed. 
it's moving too slow. That's why they're late. Is because oh the, the movie gosh. was taking too long. And they did that with a couple of like one of the first short in our blocks. They replayed. It was bizarre. Wow, bizarre. It was one of the weirdest things I've been to. It's like amateur years. hour. Yeah, which is weird because it's like a very highly respected f- festival and it's been going for twelve years. And everybody uh-huh. was talking. It's like, oh my god, you got into Catalina. Catalina is amazing. You definitely got to go to Catalina. I'm like, okay. I mean, and Catalina was like the rest of it was incredible, but like. It hurt to watch with them. I mean, our, our movie was it was the middle of the block. It looked fine, except everybody looked a little too orange. Uh-huh. But, like, it was just not what I was expecting. Yeah. You're probably going to get into some of those. Yeah, there's going to be a few of those here yeah. and there. But, like, I don't know. Considering how much effort and time and money it takes to get to Catalina, I just was expecting Yeah, I get, I get it. Totally. You know? Well, let's grab some good news. Hopefully, some of your uh, both your films end up winning some stuff here and there. Yeah, I'd like to see some of that. Yeah. Um, I need to apologize because the last time we did game face i should have told you guys and i should have remembered that i had a medical procedure coming up the next week so some of you guys may be sitting there right now saying what the hell happened last week and if you don't follow us on twitter which you should at sifted games you wouldn't know what happened you probably just showed up for game face last week um and we're like what's going on where's the show i had forgotten that i had a medical procedure and we're all adults here so i'll just share what my medical procedure was i had my first ever colonoscopy last week and if you've never done it before and most of you probably haven't because you're not at matt and i's age you have a day of prep which is a complete nightmare and then the next day you actually go in for the procedure so my procedure was on wednesday i had to spend the tuesday prepping for the colonoscopy on wednesday um just for people who may be asking how it went it did not go great um they did find something during my colonoscopy and i'm waiting for the results to come back right now it's been torture Waiting for the results to come back. Um, I should have them like any day now. Uh, but just the fact that they found something and they had to send it in for testing is not good. So keep your fingers crossed for me. That would be awesome. Um, I'm a little scared right now. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I'm prepared for almost anything. So uh, just so you guys know why we didn't do the show last week and uh, why we weren't here. I had to take care of things that you have to do when you get to my age. Um, I'm also high risk because my grandfather had died of colon cancer. So... Um, anyway, that's where I was. I hope you guys can understand why we weren't here last week. But again, I highly recommend that you follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games. It, you'll always know what's going on. That's where we communicate everything. And it's particularly if you're not someone who frequents our site at sifted.net, then I highly recommend that you follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games to know what's going on at all times. But anyway, I do apologize. Um, I'm sorry. But um, just some things you got to have to do as an adult. And it was the only time I could schedule it and get it in. So... Um, we'll see how things go. I'm not all that, uh, positive about it. Again, my grandfather died of colon cancer at a very young age. Um, so now in hindsight, I wish I had gone earlier than I did, but it is what it is. So anyway, some other bad news too, Matt, like, um, Rob Smith, an old colleague of Matt and I's passed away last week. He Mm -hmm. was a games journalist who came up through the ranks Mm -hmm. with Matt and I. We've known him for editor in chief at Machinima, PC Gamer, OXM, like yeah, tons, it did tons and tons of magazines. Yeah, and Matt and I have known him for like twenty years, and he passed away, and nobody knows what happened yet. So, mm-hmm. um, Matt, we're just kind of getting at the age where this stuff just happens to people that we know. Unfortunately, yeah. that's just when you get to a certain point in life, people just start passing away for always, various reasons. I always used to wonder when I, you know, when I was growing up, we go visit my grandma and like all my grandma and her friends and my mom and everybody that were there would talk about around, you know, our, our kids, we would play with whatever. And like the, the adults that'll sit around the table and talk about medical things and who was right. sick and who was dead. <laughs> and I'm just like, why was is that? Uh-huh. And now I'm like, oh, cause that's, that's all what old happening. people talk that's about. That's what happens <laughs> in your life. Yeah. So 
anyway, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that those results come back and uh, there's no, I don't have cancer. So we'll see how it goes. And I'll obviously let you guys know when I have more information. I'm not going to leave you guys hanging out there wondering what's going on. Um, hopefully, I get this information here in the next day or two. And if I do, I'll be sure to leave it in the comments section of the archive, both on Sifted and on our Patreon. Uh, so you guys know what's going on. So uh, lots of well wishes I see um, in the chat. In fact, let's bring up the chat real quick before we get going here. Um, you got, there's a bunch of uh, Twitch Prime because it is the beginning of the month. So I want to make sure I get all this in to thank all you guys. Uh, where does it start? Here we go. Commander Fett, David5807, Raphael Michael, Nexus 6 Batty, Glottis021, Fire Native, The Big Smoke82, Slagathor, TV Hardy, Karma Lounge. Anybody else we got in here? Okay, that's it. And not Cirque. He got in as soon as I started reading, got in there. Um, thank you guys for Twitch Prime. It really makes a big difference for us. Um, I really appreciate the people who take the time to do it. Um, Big Smoke says, I hope everything is well. Try to stay positive. I am. I'm trying. The mystery is driving me crazy. I wish I knew so that I can, if it is bad news, we can get going in the right direction to start, you know, trying to get it rectified. I think the, <laughs> my fear is sitting here for another week. Mm. And if it is, in fact, cancer, like letting it get worse. So and then we have our trip coming up to Greece in like two weeks, week and a half. So it is what it is. Um, Danny and Duras, no colon anymore. Don't mean to brag. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, I agree with you that staying positive is a big deal. And I'm going to do that. And I'll tell you what, Marcus Beer has laid down that template for me. I've watched him go through his his struggles. And you would not know that he's going through his struggles. So he has set an excellent example for me going forward. If it is in indeed the case that I'm also walking down that same road, uh, Cinetite, fingers crossed. Thank you. Uh, best wishes from Fresh from the Deli. Thank you. Mitchell is alive. Poop it out, Shane. Mm. Unfortunately, that will not fix things. That would be great if it were that simple, but it really is not. Mm. So um, I do appreciate the humor, though. It's keep the humor coming, because I think that's important to keep stay positive and keep laughing and smiling. Uh, Henry Pumpkins, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Minority Games, thank you for 100 bits. That's incredible. Um, okay, before we get headed into the show proper, a couple things to talk about that we didn't feel like there was a... that were worthy of a full topic on Game Face. I guess I'll put it that way. First up, the remastering Horizon Zero Dawn, Matt. Well, maybe. Oh, wait, it's a maybe? Yeah, I didn't hear anything concrete on that. Just oh, that I was, thought that was, was a... That was a rumor. As far oh. As and there's some people that think that it might be somebody misinterpreting them working on a PS5 update for it. Oh. Um, if they are doing a remaster of that, that is bizarre. Five years like, after it is, came out. It doesn't really need it. No, um, it still looks great. It's got some texture streaming, streaming issues on PS5, but mm -hmm. like, it's fine yeah like I, I played you know, i played through half of it again on ps5 it's fine it's like i don't need to do if that. this is true that's absurd it's very it's, it's like way worse than the last of us part one like, yeah like because at least the last of us part one was like a big jump like yeah you could see it like, made a difference presentationally it's a big deal that's it, it, in terms of how how it hits in this and how it hits the same way that like two hits in terms of the performances yeah. and stuff whereas horizon zero like i don't know I mean, the only thing i could think is maybe you hit a point where like we're working on PS5 patch, working on I've kind of wondered why that hasn't shown up. Mm -hmm. And maybe you hit a point where, because there was texture streaming issues on it, you've got the facial expression sort of lip sync problem that it's always had. Maybe they hit a point where they're like, 
we can't remaster this, but we could remake some of it and redo. If we redo that, we'd have to make it kind of a new skew to justify the cost. Maybe that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind a version of Horizon Zero Dawn that has the same facial expressiveness of uh, Forbidden West because yeah. that was one of their biggest jumps. Yeah, that was um, probably the biggest improvement. Yeah, and it is something you definitely notice playing it again. Is like. Oh my God! Everybody, it's like everybody had Botox before this started, or something. Nobody's yeah. face can move. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing I could think that would be kind yeah. of basically like a basically like a PS5 patch that like spun out of control. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because The Last of Us, it, feasibly, there is a generation of players who never played it. It's yeah. old enough that that next generation of, of people mm-hmm. have moved into their teens and adulthood who didn't play it. So and even people older than that who yeah. just discovered cuz 2 sold better. So right. more people played 2 than 1 in yeah. the end. So, you know, if that's what you want to in this way when they go back to play it again on their PS5, you get 70 bucks out of them instead of 20. Yeah. Um I, I think that's still a stretch though for the Last of Us Part 1. It's a big time stretch for Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn. Like, it kind of again, it kind of depends like yeah. if you want to do a remaster with fixed faces and character models and all that stuff. Like I you know, I love that game. I I mm-hmm. I might be up for an upgrade for that. It's our game of the year. Yeah, especially be, I'd be up for that at like 30 bucks. Right. But I feel like it's going to be 70. Yeah, probably. You know, like, I mean, that's the president. That's, if that's what's set. happening. Yeah. yeah. You sell it as its own PS5 specific SKU. Apparently, it's going to be 70 bucks, right? Yeah. But we'll see what it turns out to be. I, if, if they confirm that that's happening, I didn't see it. I, but I did see the original report that like somebody was told that this was happening, mm-hmm. maybe, or whatever. Yeah. It seemed like it was coming from pretty reliable sources. Uh, next, the never ending saga of Ubisoft's Skull and Bones. So we thought it was canceled. Ubisoft needed a game for 2022, so it dusts it off and says, oh, this is coming now, fourth quarter of 2022. We all get back on board with it. We talk about it at least once here on Game Face. And now they've delayed it again. They even gave it a date. (laughs) Yeah, now they've delayed it again out of 2022 into 2023. Where it's going to die. Where it... It's going to be mercilessly pummeled. Yeah. The whole purpose. At least it had a shot, like in the kind of the desert of the, the winter and fall here. Like you know, like <laughs> the holiday season here doesn't have a lot of competition for something like that. But yeah. in, in next spring, like next January, February, March, you're like, what? Do you, you might as well delay it to you like just push it to next summer or something. Some, way later. Make it like a nice June pirate. Game. Right. Yeah. Like that, that'd be yeah. good. Yeah. You know? Add some tropical areas to the game. And isn't the, the other Assassin's <laughs> Creed uh, Mirage supposed to be in there? So or. Uh, Something's supposed to be in there. I think Mirage is in the fourth quarter. Is it? Yeah. I thought something was supposed to be early early in the year. That would be okay. Like, Ubisoft needs to release games. Like, it's okay if it releases two and a quarter. Like, it, it kind of needs to release two True. and a quarter for the foreseeable future. Uh, but anyway, the never-ending saga of Skull and Bones goes on. Uh, next, it was revealed this week, or basically announced by PlayStation, that there will be no PlayStation games on PC for at least 12 months. Is that good enough, Matt? If you're a PlayStation owner, are you okay what, with that? Like, as in, like the they'll wait a year to put something for that. What we thought was 18 months now is basically. It sounds as if it's been mm-hmm. lowered to 12 months. Well, at least it means it could still be 18. It months. It could be, yeah. Probably depends how long it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not you think a year's I'm not, enough? I'm not going to wait a year to play God of War Ragnarok. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, I mean, we won't. But would it affect the bigger audience? Nobody cares. Yeah. There's no bigger audience for PC in that way. Yeah. Like that, that, those things, you know, the rule of thumb for my friends in game dev is still 
the PC version is going to sell a third of each console. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not. There are, look, there are a lot of PC players who will buy one console per generation to get the exclusives for that platform. You don't see this turning those people off and they're like, you know what, I don't need a PS5 now. I wouldn't wait for any of that. No. No. Like, if you're going to, if you're big enough, if you're going to consider buying a console specifically for those exclusives, I don't see why you'd then suddenly turn around and be like, oh, I'm okay waiting a year while memes and spoilers for these games I apparently <laughs> care about fly around for that whole time. Yeah. And like, you're never going to get to that without knowing the end of God of War Ragnarok. Come on. like. But maybe in concert with how hard it is still to get one, eh, that maybe these people who are like, man, it's still a pain in the ass to get it's one. It's not going to be, a, it's not going to matter. Okay. None of it. Just playing devil's ass. It's just, it's just going to, it's, it's nice for PC people who don't want to play, own a console. That's mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, or if you like love a game that was on PlayStation and you have a high-end PC and you'd like to see it will look even better. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that, you know, that would be a this certainly was an appeal of, for me of Horizon Zero Dawn except I didn't have a PC that would run it better than a PlayStation 5. But uh, that would be something. I would I would double dip on some some of the stuff that PlayStation makes just to like see it look better on you know a full high powered rig like a year later. I yep. would definitely consider that. Okay. But buy it instead or not have a PlayStation? Be- no, never, never, okay. never, never. Um, and then finally, some news from CD Projekt Red. Um, it shared during one of its financial meetings that a sequel to Cyberpunk 2077 is in development. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> in house at CD Projekt Red. And there is a trilogy of Witcher games on the way that it claims, don't hold me to this, it claims that once the first one comes out, the other two games will come out at least within six years. So three Witcher games coming within a six-year period. Do you believe that? Going to have to file that under believe it when I see it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we'll get one of those Witcher games in the next six years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's my belief. Yeah. Uh, if you're also saying, okay, we're also working on a sequel to Cyberpunk at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they no, expanded have, and they're bigger yeah. and they have the Vancouver it has new studios. and all that. Yeah. But still. Yeah, but like, still. Like, sure, surprise me. Yeah. Sure. But, like, also, I'm surprised they want to make people think about Cyberpunk again. Yeah. Like, that's Well, it's turned it around. Yeah, it has. It sold six million copies in the last like two years after all the. Well, the weird thing is that 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 uh, the Edge Runners thing made it blow up again. Yeah, like, people saw that and like went and bought the. People like, want you to don't like see it. you don't see multimedia synergy work that well very <laughs> no. often like that. You I mean, don't. Although that worked with the Netflix Witcher show too. Like it people did. went and played Witcher three. Yep. Um, they really should have had that next gen patch out sooner by now. Yeah. Um, I, would, I wonder if that still makes it by Christmas. They haven't mentioned that in a while. They haven't. Yeah. The fact they didn't mention it in this little update is a little concerning. It is a red flag for sure. Yeah, because I would really like to play that. Yeah, so would I. Um, it, I mean, it, it. despite all the negative publicity, all the bad reviews, although there probably should have been more than there were, all the chatter on social media and online, people just want to like Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Two million people still went and bought it. Or so, sorry, uh, Johnny, six, Johnny six Hurricane says they said today that the Witcher patch is still coming in Q4. Oh, they did. Okay. All right. That's, Again, believe it when I yeah, see, we'll it. see it. But yeah. that's good. That's good. It, I mean, that is. that kind of output from CD Projekt Red is bonkers. Oh, yeah. It's completely insane. It's nothing. There's no proof that any of no, this will no happen. There's no precedent that they can to indicate that they can do that. <laughs> we'll see. But I guess they have a We're plan. We're just telling you what they said. We're not saying it's actually look, going I mean, to happen. There are no Hello Games. 
Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But they did turn it around. Like, that game in particular, like, somehow, they I, stuck with it, and somehow I I public still, sentiment has came come around on it. I still hold that that game is not very good in, in and of itself. Like Even even if it were perfect. Yeah, and, even if you get past all the bugs and launch problems and performances. I, I've gone back to that a few times, again, including when they did the big patch and including when Edge Runners hit. And uh, I just think that game is boring outside of hmm. the main story. Like, I really enjoyed it still. There's nothing... In that game, I find all the side stuff is just go kill a bunch of people and get a little phone call and call it. Like, none of the narrative hooks of Witcher 3 outside of that main story. The main story is, yeah, the main story is good. You're right. The side quests are not good. It's just, especially because it's in that world. Like, that is the most believable, interesting city I have ever seen in a video game. Like, I believe the world, that that Night City recreation, I believe that is a real place when I'm in it. Like. Everything just flows cr- properly. Just Everything makes sense where it, it. is. Yeah. You can see how things got built up on top of each other yeah. because they didn't want to redo anything. So they just kept building it. Like, it's all so well designed. Yeah. And they do nothing with it. They really don't. It's just a shame. It is. It's just. A, yep. It's really a shame. But it has fought back and a sequel is on the way. And I'll be honest with you, Matt. Am I going to play that sequel? Yeah. Yes, I'll try it. I'll play it. I hope it's more interesting. <laughs> I'm definitely more interested in the Witcher trilogy they're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, But anyway, there you go. Those are the smaller stories from the week that we didn't feel like deserve their own topics in Game Phase 317. And now it's time to get on with the heart of the show. We're going to kick things off with the biggest story of the week, but not the biggest surprise of the week. No, maybe the least surprising thing (laughs) all year. (laughs) And we're going to pour some out. For Google Stadia. No, I'm, I'm not pouring any. I'm going to just drink that myself. <laughs> nah, don't, it doesn't get it. <laughs> it's dumb. It was a stupid idea. Everyone knew that was a stupid idea, except apparently Google. Google Stadia is dead. They Mike or Microsoft. Google has finally pulled the plug on yet another thing. Oh God, I forgot this pretentious ass video. That it spent so much money on. And just killed. You remember the people that were saying, like, oh, this is going to kill consoles? Yeah. This is, like, the new way all video games would be consumed from now on? I mean, Phil Harrison was still pretty defiant. Phil Harrison is an assassin. When they announced this. (laughs) Phil Harrison is only brought in to murder things. I mean, everything he touches dies. Turns to dust. (laughs) There's a few other people I can think of like that. Uh, Here's Phil Harrison's quote. Yeah, and they all get six figures. And here, and they, at least... Some of them get more than that, probably. Here's Phil Harrison's quote when announcing that Google Stadia was being killed. Um, While Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected. Ha ha. So we've made made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. The underlying technology platform that powers Stadia has been proven at scale and transcends gaming. So yeah. he's hinting they're, at... They're basically, they're finding a way to make it... Make to it, make the tech work yeah. in some way. Yep. Uh, we see clear opportunities to apply this technology across other parts of Google, like YouTube, Google Play. Sure. The tech is solid. It's just not useful for this mm-hmm. use case. It's, and our augmented reality efforts, as well as make it available to our industry partners, which aligns with where we see the future of gaming headed. We remain deeply committed to gaming, and we will continue to invest in new tools, technologies, and platforms. They are not dedicated to gaming at all. Of course not. New tools, technologies, and platforms that power the success of developers. There's a bunch of small partners. developers that were making stuff that's supposed to come out in November that still don't know what's happening with their game. There's five games also that are in limbo right now yep. and may be lost to history. Um, they are Hello Engineer, Pixel Junk Raiders, Outcasters, Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle, and Guilt. 
Right now, Ubisoft... Not Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, right now, Ubisoft, Bungie, and IO Interactive are all trying to help players transfer their saves that they've generated on Stadia to other platforms. There's also some fans who are desperately reaching out to Rockstar, hoping that Rockstar will do the same with its games because some of those people have literally hundreds of hours yeah, that was very... F- I mean, look, if you put 5,000 hours into Red Dead Online on Stadia, I don't know what to tell you. Is that a cut-your-losses yeah, kind of I, deal? Yeah, I think, I think you made your mistake. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, what did you think was going to happen? It is amazing watching... Here's, here's the thing, Matt. It actually lasted from late 2019, and it's going to be shut down on January 18th, 2023. So it will have lasted a little over three years. Mm-hmm. By the time it is shut down. I think I, I gave it two. I think you did. Um, I don't even remember what timetable I gave it, but I think both of us were very pessimistic about this. Pactor obviously was not. He was the one person who thought it was going to work. It did not work. Um, do you think it, game streaming will ever work, Matt? Do you think it will ever be a thing? No. Never ever? Not unless we find a way to defy the speed of light. Yeah. Like, Game Pass is the correct method mm-hmm. you 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 get the thing you download it you run it from local hardware like because like that's the you thing have to that, have the option yeah because that's the thing is like you know what the hell was this demo they were after like people who love video games and want to play them in the maximum quality 4k everything who have 4k televisions and mega high speed internet connections and but are ref- refused to buy a video game hardware or a pc hardware except for a controller like, who, who is this person mm-hmm. who desperately wants to pay full price for Assassin's Creed Odyssey but don't want to own any hardware anywhere except a controller? Like, what is that? Well, I, I think I think that's another thing that would have to be tweaked. I, yeah. I don't think that you can sell games at full price for something like this. No, I mean, at least they're refunding everything. They are. We should have mentioned that right from the beginning. Um, Stadia is refunding everybody for everything. Yeah. You get all the money Which is for your, correct, for your, but I'm just surprised is. they're doing it. You get your money back for your games, for your DLC, yeah. and for your hardware. Hardware. Hardware for the Founders Edition account. Yeah. Like everything. Any, you get I, all your money back. So, well, good. That's good. Well played. Um, I mean, that's, Google's that's handling the sunsetting of it correctly. Yeah. But, but it's too bad they, they didn't handle the sunrising of it correctly. Correctly. <laughs> which would have been to never rise it in the first place. And Matt, this is another case where two jamokes like us sitting on a podcast could have told them that this was a, a horrible idea and they were going about everything wrong. Yeah. You and I have both seen executive inertia in play before. It's though. just... Once some of these people, once they come up with an idea, you cannot convince them. It's I've seen executives in a room be presented with with unbiased, non, you know, non-affiliated data that directly contradicted their you know, long-standing strategy and belief about how to approach something and simply tell the people who had done years of research they were wrong. Yeah. Matt, I want to start a consulting firm called Duh. Yeah. Where literally <laughs> we send a report and we write shit and then we finish every sentence with duh. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just insane that these horrible ideas, some of the ideas aren't even all that horrible. It's how they're executed that's horrible. It's, and mm-hmm. how much money was spent on, how much do you yeah. think Google spent on Stadia, no, Matt? I can't even estimate that. Four billion, maybe in there somewhere. I mean, with all that and the, all the de- the developers they had and yeah. like the salaries that they closed they without ever releasing a game. Yeah, I mean that was the beginning of the end. 
Yeah, when knew that. when Stadia realized it was not willing to commit the resources and time that it needed to build a first party library of games, that was the end. Yeah, and I think I said that at the time. I'm like, I can't wait for Jade to go somewhere else where she will actually get to ship something. And that's happening. And that indeed is what happened. Yeah. Um, are and you? I, was, I mean, that was way before this happened. Yeah. Like, are you surprised that Stadia lasted three years? I, in the sense, that I'm surprised Google didn't pull the plug sooner. Yeah, because Google has a tendency to do that with things. I do feel like a little bit of why it lasted so long was a lot to do with that reputation for Google. And when Stadia it. was announced, it was one of the most popular refrains about Stadia. Mm -hmm. That first week, everyone's like, "Well, it's Google." Yeah, Google Graveyard. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, like, here comes another edition. To I think Google's part of it was also that like they found other kind of more corporate methods of using the tech. Like, they found a, a way right. to pivot the mm -hmm. tech into something that was more like, you know, like meeting stuff and mm -hmm. and streaming thing, you know, and they could integrate it into YouTube. And, like, so it wasn't really that urgent to shut down the gaming side of it until they sort of had finished, like, setting that pivot up. And then they're like, okay, shut the vestigial limb down mm -hmm. and amputate it, and now we can go forward with what we're going to do with this from now on. Um, I'm curious to see what happens to Phil. Uh, because there's no he real, just keeps failing up. Well, there's no real reason he couldn't stay on and manage that new version of it. He could. They, I mean, he'd probably be just as qualified to do that as yeah. he is to quali qualify to run a gaming platform at this point. Let's yeah. be honest. Sure. He's he is the king of failing up in mm -hmm. the games industry. It's pretty impressive. Everything he has worked on has been a failure. PlayStation's only failure. Yeah. Was under his stewardship. The PlayStation 3. Mm -hmm. It's the only platform that has not exploded for PlayStation. And, and he was and that, at the helm it, of that. And that initial presentation made about as much sense as this one did. It, yeah. Well, it was all full of it's fake all trailers all, and yeah, the kill bull shots thing. and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, I maybe When the rubber hits the road, all you're left with is Ridge Racer. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Google's hubris only, I believe, gave Stadia an extra 12 months. Yeah. I mean, I ultimately. That. I mean... <laughs> I think two years, you knew it was going to last that long. I think the extra year was the bonus. Although, was it even really operating for the last, like, eight or nine months? Not really. I couldn't. I mean, apparently it was working for that guy who played Red Dead, Red Dead Online <laughs> all the time. But what I mean is, was it a functioning platform where you have people working behind the scenes to get more content to the platform? And are there like, I mean, the clearly, engineers? Clearly some of these other developers didn't realize. They, yeah. You know, but well, the crazy part is looking at this video and seeing all the stuff that they said Stadia was going to do. Hardly any of it ever right. happened. We remember the November thing was supposed to be kind of a soft launch. Right. And then they're supposed to like roll out like the full thing. Like all that the spring YouTube never stuff that never happened. Yeah. Like all that stuff never happened. Like they had three years and still never got their product to what they promised in this debut presentation for Stadia. They never released any of the games that they had in development at Stadia. Or maybe they did release one. Was there one remember. game? I think there was one. or two. Like, yeah, I don't know. Nothing that I was paying attention to. Yeah, but all the stuff that they show in this presentation that actually may have looked at least a little bit promising, none of that stuff came out. No. It's... I, I told you. I said, when all this was going on, I was like, this is all nonsense. Yep. Um, someone's saying I forgot the Vita when talking about something. I don't know what that would be in reference to. Failures? PlayStation's only failure? Yeah, was Vita, I mean, Vita a failure? Vita was a failure. Yeah, I guess it yeah. was. PlayStation was, was PlayStation VR a failure? I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's like borderline. 
Vita, Vita was a... I mean, PlayStation VR wasn't the same kind of failure of, as Vita because Vita ended PlayStation handhelds. Right. Um, <laughs> That's true. For some reason, PlayStation VR did not end PlayStation <laughs> VR headsets. We're going we to get into that, too, here in a minute. But, um, no, I, I, yeah, the Vita was a failure. Yeah. Um, and I don't, as far as we know, Phil Harrison had nothing to do with that. Um, Maybe. Shiki says, a friend who was making a game for Stadia found out about Stadia shutting down from a tweet. Yeah, that I is, saw that a, a few times. Yeah, that that's a pretty common story around the industry right now. Lots of developers, like, Google did not message this to its partners before the news no. went out wide. No. <laughs> it's just... And like the the, the internal email for like the meeting about it was like, hey, anyone, if you can get into this meeting remotely, go ahead and do it. See you later. It was like there was no indication that this was like the whole thing is collapsing. Yeah. Which I mean, not, not super uncommon in a corporate setting, but like it was it's it, it's all very gross. I wonder, too, about the partners that Stadia had. Because it did have some. It partnered with Bungie on Destiny 2. It partnered with CD Projekt Red on Cyberpunk 2077. I'm wondering if there are considerations that Google needs to pay out to some of these partners with contracts be. that it promised that like it never delivered on. Probably, especially if they're giving refunds for everything. It's just a disaster. It will be interesting. There will be some kind of a postmortem done on this someday yeah. where someone comes out and actually explains all the money that was wasted what that bit what that figure is and all the stuff that happened internally with jade and the internal studios and i mean google Phil has and, the money for it to, to waste oh for sure if there's any company that can afford to just burn like three or four billion dollars on something it's google but you start thinking about what could be done with that money and it's just sad mm -hmm. it's sad think about how much money that is matt that's like the gdp of some entire countries you yep. And they just wasted it on poor management. Let's be honest. As long as it didn't go to poor people. That's the important thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vincent says, so it sounds like they're doing something now that people know about. I'm not sure what that means either. Um, Vincent says, I saw one indie was told by their Stadia contact about compensation. Oh, okay. Uh, it says that he's doing something about it. They're doing something about it now that people know about the lack of compensation. Now they're going back to their partners and yeah, saying, hey, like, we oh, may owe okay. you some money. We'll, we'll, we'll fix this now that people are yelling at us about it. Well, to your point, if there's one company that owes you money that you feel pretty good about yeah. getting the money from, it's probably Google. Yeah. <laughs> Google and Amazon can pay the fuck out. Yeah. It's basically, you know. So if you're Amazon and you have Luna... Or your which again? When was the last time you thought about that? Yeah. Or your Nvidia and you have GeForce Now, or you're any company that has a streaming service. What are you thinking right now? What are you Maybe saying? Maybe you're finally thinking what I've been saying for years: solution in search of a problem. No one wants this. Yeah. Like the only way to make this work would be to have a Game Pass style thing where you just pay us a, a nominal fee and simply have access to these things, mm -hmm. like like a Netflix model. Like if you you know I if if you're paying if I'm paying like fifteen bucks a month to access the Stadia library and just stream whatever I want to play, I will accept the technological drawbacks of the speed of light mm -hmm. in exchange for getting all that stuff very cheaply. Yeah, Stadia's model was broken because they wanted the same amount of money for Assassin's Creed Odyssey as a store did. Mm -hmm. And then as everyone, you know, very rapidly found out that Red Dead Online guy found out, it's like, yeah, you don't own that game. Like nope. you have no connection to that game. That's a lesson That's a lot of people away. are learning today. Like, yeah. that was the most obvious thing day one. Like, these things will go away when Google pulls the plug. Yeah. And it's not if Google pulls the plug, it's, it's when. when. Yeah. Well, I remember us saying that 
Yeah, your games, you may end up just losing all your games. And it is mm-hmm. good that Google is like if, rectifying if, that. If PlayStation ended next week, if like there's like, oh, Sony's going out of business, PlayStation as a brand is going away, it's ending, I could get enough hard drives to install every game I own digitally on PlayStation onto a hard drive and have it that way. Yeah. Even if they got rid of all the other online stuff, any kind of PSN support, anything like that. You can't do that with, with Stadia. Like yeah. that's no, nothing. There's no way to salvage. The service is gone. There's no way to run it. That code yeah, it's is gone. worthless. Yeah. It's it's like it's it's not even as firm and permanent as a digital purchase. Yeah. You know, if you have nothing to store it on locally, you get nothing. Yeah. And they're everyone's lucky. Everyone who was dumb enough to spend money on that thing is lucky that Google is doing Bailed the right thing and funding it. Because they didn't have it. to. Yeah, they did not have to. Technically, you got probably what you, was in the contract. You, yeah, you you signed a EULA that said you get jack and shit if this and all you'll goes like to hell. It. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you signed the Willy Wonka contract there. You get nothing. Good yeah. day, sir. The Abram says the stadiums. I didn't know there was a word for stadia fanboys. The stadiums. On the Stadia subreddit, love it. It's like a cult over there. Yeah. Interesting. So everything somehow manages to find an audience. Nothing is so terrible (laughs) that someone on the internet won't love it. Um, I I don't know if I'm willing to say that, like, streaming will never work. Like I said, streaming, I think, could work under the model that I described. If you're paying, like... 20 bucks a month or whatever yeah. for unlimited play something yeah, like that fine. like it's like yeah. yeah sure i'll pay a, i'll put up with a couple seconds of lag in exchange for not having to pay anything beyond that but yeah. you know what else i could do pay that same amount of money and go to game pass and not have any lag and download the game if you want to yeah i i agree i believe for it to work you're gonna have to also have the download option yeah it's gonna have to be there which kind of you've already shot you've already torpedoed the streaming idea to begin with there well i mean that if you just want to stream that means you don't need to buy a piece of hardware that has a big hard drive to hold stuff so there's some market there but i agree it limits the market again but yeah you do like you need to like you can't just stream the data to install and uninstall on your hard drive that's not how Well, no i mean you need a couple gigs or whatever for cash and stuff like that you don't need like 100 gigs or 200 gigs to hold game files and that makes a difference. Now I think you, you do, though. Now you can buy a device. I don't think device. that works. What'd you say? I don't think you can do that. What do you mean? Well, Just what stream a, off a stick? You can stream off a stick, but you're, you're still getting the lag. You're still getting Yeah, yeah. I'm not the, saying it would take away the lag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm saying, like, if you can't install it, what's the point? Like, you're not competing properly with Game Pass at that point, because you're paying almost the same amount of money for an inferior experience. No, but my point is, is that the barrier to entry is less if you don't need to buy an expensive piece of hardware to download the stuff. Like, yeah, but again, you're up against the wall of like, who cares so much about high end gaming, but also refuses to buy any hardware for it? Yeah, well, I'm not saying you wouldn't have to buy any hardware. I'm saying that the hardware that you do buy would be way cheaper because you're not having to pay for the storage. Right, but now you're up again. You're up against this non-existent demographic. Right, yeah. these people you keep don't shedding exist. potential consumers yeah. until you, there are no potential right. consumers. Until you're down to a cult, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, what are they called again? The stadiums. The stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> Which does indeed sound like some new Mass Effect race. Ashes yeah. in the Hourglass says Matt should make his your next film should be titled A Solution in Search of a Problem. <laughs> yep. Um, so <laughs> the stadiums are, have arrived on Earth, <laughs> and they want to do really stupid things, <laughs> and we have to talk them out of it. <laughs> but we don't know how they use verbs. <laughs> There's your next cartoon. There you go. <laughs> next sifted tune. Um, so anyway, that's it. That's curtains for Stadia. The good news is if you did invest pretty much anything in Stadia, like you're not getting like any monthly charges back 
But you're, anything that you mm-hmm. spent on actually buying games, any equipment that you bought, any of that stuff, you are getting all your money back. And you should consider yourself lucky that that is happening. As yeah. Matt said, like, Google didn't have to do that. Like, it's doing you a solid, basically, by recouping yeah, all your I mean, funds. it's saving PR face pretty hard there. But, like, and at least that does indicate two things to me. One, they, you know, they don't want this technology to be sullied by that mm-hmm. permanently because they have other plans for it. And B, they may not be done with gaming because they don't want everyone to think. Uh, next time, that's they what try I'm wondering. Some, next time they try something like this, they don't want everyone to think. Well, last time I lost, back I threw all to, this money in a hole, and I didn't get anything out of it. So. I mean, I, guarantee, I agree. They are definitely covering their ass in case they decide to go back yeah. into gaming. Personally, I do not think that Google will ever go back into gaming. I think that's probably correct, but I do think they are hedging their bet on that. I think they want their platforms, their phones and stuff like that to be a place for gaming so they can make mm-hmm. money off of it without taking any risks on their own. And I think you're I think you're right. They want the sentiment around gaming on their platforms to be a positive one so that people mm-hmm. spend their money on other people's products instead of theirs. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, Amazon with Luna... I don't see it pulling the plug maybe ever. I think it might be this thing that just like hangs it's around. Just this thing that's, they've never, they don't even promote it. Like, if, like it, it's especially weird because like I don't even see anything. Even when I load up Amazon itself, like I use, I look at game stuff and buy game stuff and stuff on Amazon, and like it never even suggests Luna to me. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it has AWS, so it just has this backbone yeah. infrastructure that can just run stuff like that it without like enough, breaking a sweat. Whereas like, like Google is probably paying them to right. run Stadia You're right. a lot of it. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yep. So I think probably Amazon will leave it around and I do think when it all comes down to it, if anyone figures it out, I think it will be Amazon that figures it out. But yeah. I think game streaming is something to, that will truly be viable in like 15, 20 years, something like that. Like I think it's that far away, but I do think eventually it will at least be a viable business. Eh, I don't think anyone cares. I don't think... I I think, but people will change by then. We'll probably be gone. (laughs) We probably won't see it ourselves. I'm not going to be gone in 15 years. I don't know what you're 20 years? Yeah. Who knows? I'm going to be in my 60s. I mean, don't forget that one of our friends and colleagues just passed away. Oh, yeah, but also don't forget that everyone in my family was in their 90s. Oh, Unless they... I'm not that fortunate, so I'm counting my days already, Kyle. (laughs) I plan to be around. When I say midlife crisis, I mean midlife right now. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Going another 46. Yeah. Um, I can't say I'll miss Stadia at all. You can't miss something you never had. I mean, I tried it a couple times. Like, you never even tried it? No. Yeah. I I gave it a whirl. I cannot emphasize enough. Fuck game streaming. (laughs) I fucking hate it. I've only tried it a couple different... I've tried the GeForce now. I've tried the Switch thing. It sucks. It feels terrible. I refuse to do it. And I do not believe it will ever be a thing. Ever. You have to use the Game Pass local install model because otherwise you are giving an inferior experience. Again, if it was just like a thing where it's like 20 bucks a month and I get this shitty streaming thing and I can play Assassin's Creed Odyssey like I'm underwater, like <laughs> fine. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, I don't feel like I'm getting ripped off for that. Right. But again, yeah. I can just go to Game Pass yeah. and do the same thing. Like, who cares? Like, there is literally zero use case for this thing for me. I also like, feel like Game Pass may have been what finally got google to bail yeah i mean game pass definitely proved proved to be the correct model for that yeah certainly for now and it didn't i don't i guess google didn't feel like it could pivot to that type of a service um no so because it doesn't have the content i mean what makes game pass go is the first party exclusive stuff coming day and date and google and that that everything is coming to xbox anyway right so like xbox you know 
Xbox has the pick of the litter of whatever they want to pick and choose to put on Game Pass in terms of third-party stuff anyway. Like, yeah. They've already got the pipeline. Yeah. Like, Google's starting from nothing there. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Rest in peace, Google Stadia. Can't say I'll shed any tears over it going away. And Matt sure the hell won't. Don't let the door hit you. <laughs> Not that you were ever inside to begin with. <laughs> and uh, we probably will never have to talk about Google Stadia ever again. Until Phil Harrison gets another job. Well, and then we'll be like, oh, the failure of state. He fails up. I'll say it again. Mm. <laughs> You're right, though. He will get another job somewhere. Yeah, probably. He'll probably end up being the new guy in charge of the DC Cinematic Universe. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that might be an upgrade. <laughs> Over who's running it now. Hard to say. Couldn't do worse. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, so there you go. Who, who, who's excited for Black Adam? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So there you go. Ugh. That is the demise of Google Stadia. The rise, the... Well, it wasn't much of a rise. The no. debut, it's inauspicious life, and then it's death. All chronicled right here on Game Face. The whole arc, we saw it right here on this show. And this is the end. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the other big story of the week. This week, all the big journos, all the big journo outlets, all the big influencers, not us, <laughs> went to playstation and got to play playstation vr2 matt have you checked out any of the previews it's kind of hard not to they're yeah, everywhere of it. i feel like we're the only people on earth who have not played playstation vr2 at this mm -hmm. point it's sad yeah but I, I, i'm not sad about it um i don't know like i you you call me when you got a price point yeah basically like, i mean that's really the only thing that's really left like i'm interested in that horizon thing um that was cool it looks what's really cool. It, what's it cost? Yeah. I mean, look, like when it comes out, I'll probably buy it. So we just so we can play it. But like, I hope you do because I don't want to. Yeah, no, I don't think you should. Um, I'll I'll throw that money in that hole. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be the stadia I'll be the stadion for this one. Um, but yeah, like, well, how much is this thing gonna cost? I feel like I'm looking at six hundred bucks here. I do too. I think they'll price it at five hundred, and they'll be like, it should be more, and they're probably right. Yeah. But I think that's still way too high. Yeah. <laughs> so the previews for it are glowing. Every single person who went and played this came back saying it's the bee's knees. That they love everything mm -hmm. about it. It's the best VR HMD they've ever used. It is when it does release sometime in early 2023, it will be the best HMD on the market the day it releases. There's really no denying that. It will be the state of the art VR at that moment. How long that lasts, who knows? We'll have to wait and see what HTC and Oculus yeah. do. Well, well now beyond meta. that, we'll have to see if they release any more freaking games for it. Yeah. Like right now there are thirty known games in development like for you PlayStation gotta VR. Two. The thing. Yeah. Like, that was a big problem with the first PlayStation VR, although ultimately it did end up having a pretty good software library. One of the important things that we learned this week from all the previews though is that development for PlayStation VR 2 is going to be much easier. Hmm. Uh, it was one of the things that they made a point to share with everybody. Um, not only will development be much easier for PlayStation VR 2, it will be much easier to convert 2D games into PlayStation VR 2 games. That was another big focus of theirs. They wanted to make sure that if you just made a normal quote-unquote video game, just a polygonal 2D game, that you can easily convert it over to PlayStation VR 2. So that could help with the library. But I'll be honest, Matt, like you don't see as many third parties getting on board early with PlayStation VR 2 like you did with PlayStation VR. Remember mm -hmm. Ubisoft? 
Oh yeah. They were all in well, on PlayStation VR. Can barely get anything out the door anyway. Right. So. But think about all the publishers that were signing on and were involved. Yeah. Where's our Gotham Knights VR? Where's all, but where's all that stuff? Is my point. Like you're not seeing it like you were with the first PlayStation VR because everybody lost money on the first PlayStation VR. And if they didn't, my guess is Sony subsidized them so that they did not lose money. But everybody knows that if you were on your own on the original PlayStation VR, you lost money. There's just no denying it. Mm. So it doesn't look like partners are is apt to get on board. The other thing that's annoying is apparently the PSVR one stuff doesn't work on it. Like it's not backwards so, compatible. So there's gonna be apparently there's like people they're gonna make patches that do make them work. Really? Like there's some of the developers like official the, patches or yeah, like fan patches. Yeah, developers from the for PSVR one game, some of them are working on updates for him. Um, but who know, you know, there's no guarantee your favorite PSVR one game will get updated for that, right? Because it uses a very different way of tracking. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they'll be. I mean, I you know, there's a couple PSVR one games I wouldn't mind trying on on a, a higher end headset. There's a bunch tracking. of them. If um, they wouldn't make me sick playing it on PlayStation VR two, I'd actually absolutely give them a go. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna in the cards. Yeah, I don't know if it is either. I, it just may be me. Like maybe no, how matter how good an HMD is, it's just not gonna work for me. I don't know. But this will probably be the final test. Like if, yeah, I, if this if, doesn't work, I, I think you're just sensitive to that. I'm screwed. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I won't be able to play it, which sucks. It's like something I've dreamed of my entire life, and it gets here, and I can't use it, which sucks. Um, but you're right. Uh, initial indications are that it will not be backwards compatible compatible with PlayStation One VR One. Um, so all that software that was created for a platform that was only purchased by five million people, that stuff's just going to disappear and go to waste, unless. The publishers get on board and actually do real work but what incentive do they have like do they really think that that game that didn't sell very well on playstation vr1 is going to suddenly sell well on playstation vr2 where the competition is way more stiff like I don't know. it doesn't add up to me um bloomberg reported this week that and here's the real kicker matt Mass production of PlayStation VR 2 began last month and sony plans to produce 2 million units by march for launch Wow. They, okay. <laughs> this, well, you'll be able to find one. Yeah, you will. This seems like a gigantic mistake to me, Matt. Am I missing something here? Uh, if you are, I'm missing it too. I don't. I don't know what doubling down on this gets you, but maybe they. I don't know. I feel like the VR thing's kind of done. Like, like until until some new twist shows up or like some new i mean this is look i mean i appreciate the power of this thing and like what they're doing here mm -hmm. but i do think i do i think the breakout vr thing is going to be something more oculus questy mm -hmm. like you just just sits there and you put it on and you go yeah you know not not, not wired or something you have to turn a playstation on you have to do like all the stuff that goes along yeah. with playstation VR I mean, at least too. it doesn't need the camera and everything i mean look like, at quest 2 that's why it's taken off because people just put the thing on and they just go yeah you don't have to worry about a PC or their phone or a cable. You just put the thing on your head and off you go. I mean, we know now that is really the future of VR. So again, as I've said since I first announced this thing, I am disappointed that this has a cable and a wire on it. Also something that Pactor has brought up over and over again. Um, and I hope they, if they make the cable long, longer this time, I hope they do. So that you can actually get away from like your heart, your hardware. You don't have to sit next yeah, to the it console. Needs, it definitely needed a longer cable. But even then it's just uh, i mean now, at least with this one you can face away from the tv yeah because you don't need to look at the camera right yeah like i 
I just, they're struggling to create PlayStation 5s, enough of them, to manufacture enough of them to satisfy demand. And look, obviously, the components that you're using for PlayStation VR 2 aren't the exact same components you're using for PS5, but there's probably at least a little bit of overlap. There's some stuff in there that you do use to build typically any piece of hardware that they could use to make more PlayStation 5s. Now, another thing that Bloomberg said is that they're hoping to release PlayStation VR 2 alongside an improved supply of PlayStation 5. And so they think they're going to have more available alongside the launch of PlayStation VR 2, but I don't know. I would be, if I was Sony, I would be dialing back production of these things. Like, I would just get enough to get it out there and launch it and then hope evangelists love it and people get on YouTube and all these other places and watch people play it and then go and buy it themselves. Like, that seems like the smarter strategy to me. Flooding the market with PlayStation VR 2 seems like a terrible idea. I mean, it might be a thing where it's like, if you got the factory time, just do it. And you don't have to worry. That way, if it does take off, is units to buy yeah i mean maybe 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 that's maybe they're like trying to counter what happened with the playstation 5 and they're like we want people to be able to walk into a store and see that they have these as long as they can produce it and it's not at the detriment of playstation 5 i'm all for it i can't imagine it matters that much you don't think there's not enough components that cross over between the two devices no no it's 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 it would be a very different pipeline okay um are you you're gonna buy this at launch matt probably i mean I don't know how else we're going to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to cover <laughs> it. Sony's not going to send us one. Yeah, I'd have to beg for it. And I'm not going to buy one, obviously, after my experience with the first one. Yeah. Now, if I try yours and it doesn't make me barf, then I'll get one. Mm-hmm. But other than the Horizon game, are there any games that have you really excited for it? Resident Evil Village? Are you excited to play that again in VR? No. Not really. I mean, really, there's like one game that's really yeah. excited to play right now, and it's coming out in like three or four months, according to Sony. Mm-hmm. It The whole thing just seems like a horrible idea to me. Um, and still coming in early 2023, so it's counting on everybody getting through the holidays and then coming back and being ready to spend, I think, at least $500 on this thing. Do you think there's any way Sony gets it to like 300 bucks and just takes a bath? That doesn't sound like them. It doesn't. It just increased I mean, the price might, of PlayStation 5. Yeah, it might end up being that eventually. Yeah. But I don't know. Vincent's asking if you ever played No Man's Sky in VR. I did. What'd you think of it? It's fine. Yeah. Didn't really, Nothing didn't amazing, really enhance though. anything for me. Yeah. That's kind of been the thing with me. Like, the amount of time I've been able to actually stomach PlayStation VR or any VR HMD, it hasn't felt transcendent to me, Matt. It just hasn't. No. And look, what's new the novelty technology? of the actual presentation style wears off? There hasn't been a lot of yeah must play. I mean, Beat Saber. Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked a couple, like the X Wing thing. I like the Eve, the Eve Online thing with the turret, and so yeah, I like stuff that like immerses you in a thing. Yeah, like, that's, that was cool. Yep. Um, but the novelty wears off pretty fast on most of that stuff. It does. Yep. We're off for me. I got to the, at first, I fought through being sick. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to stay in. I'm going to play this game because I want to play it. After I got sick like three times, it was no longer worth it. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, not worth even five minutes playing this game to feel as rotten as it makes me feel. So, and I'm not alone. There are, Every time I talk about this on Game Face, either somebody on Sifted or someone on our Patreon or someone on YouTube says, I'm just like you, Shane. I cannot play VR without getting deathly sick. Um, so I'm not alone in this. There's other people out there like me 
um, who may have been it does burned. Seem to be a thing. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Like I said, I when I first got the Vive, I played it for like six, seven hours at a time. That's crazy. And um, it didn't. Would not work for me. <laughs> the only thing that bothered me was I, I would get hot. Like it would. I had to like mm-hmm. periodically take it off and wipe my face off because it was sweating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I play like that's the the Steam Lab or the the whatever that was the the you know the, the Valve Lab thing mm-hmm. with all the demo stuff. I played that a lot. I played a bunch of weird shit. I played. The lightsaber stuff a lot. I played, um, you know, shooters uh, that that one where you're fighting robot androids with weird faces that are fucking terrifying when they come loom over you. Like what the PlayStation VR one? Yeah, Firestorm or something no, like that. It was called. I can't. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. It's called like Hard Something or Hard K. Uh, you're fighting androids basically, and they were it's some not Bone Works. No, they're swarming you. Hmm. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Someone in the chat will probably remember it. I'm actually curious, chat, are any of you guys interested in buying PlayStation VR 2? I want to see if there's anyone in chat who is setting aside the money right now to buy PlayStation VR 2. You're going to buy it day and date. And if you are, share how much you think it's going to cost at launch and how much you're prepared to pay for it at launch, and you're going to be okay with it. Um, big smoke PSVR made me sick so I sold it on after a few weeks I should have done the same thing I should have sold mine I sat on it all this time and now it's not worth anything Um, but he says but I'm really excited for PlayStation VR 2 okay Um, uh, Raphael Michael says Robo Recall is the game that you're talking about that's not it no okay Um, the Abram says I don't even have a PS5 yet that's another thing like a lot of people don't even have the base console yet so that they can buy PlayStation VR 2 uh, Norix Nessie says nope. Uh, the Jbone twenty nine says if it's under four hundred. So if, is that four hundred and under, or it needs to be under four hundred? Doesn't matter. It's not gonna be. It's probably not. Um, too quick Capri maybe. Um, Johnny Hurricane says I said it earlier, but I won't go to Wired after the Wireless of Quest two again. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Um, Andy T Monahan says makes for a decent stereoscopic three D media player when three D TVs disappear. That's a good point. I did just not that long ago sell my panasonic plasma 3d tv that was like my best friend for like seven years mm-hmm. i did finally sell it so i no longer have a 3d tv so you're right that is something that people could kind of repurpose it for um danny endurance yes um i'm gonna spend 500 dollars for on a bundle of some sort so he's counting on spending 500 maybe getting a game maybe getting an extra controller or two Good luck with that yeah i think that's 700 dollars. that probably will be yeah, but he's saying if it's five hundred, um, Wampler thirteen, I might buy one. I'll pay up to six hundred bucks. Okay, let me get you guys up on screen here. Actually, um, Schneeky says my friend will pay whatever it costs. He buys everything on launch. Well, you have a good that's a good friend to know then. Yeah. Um, Noxator Nidus, I get motion sick with many F- FPS games. Otherwise, I'd be interested. Okay. Yeah. If you can't handle just playing first person shooters, do not play VR. Yeah, You're gonna, for sure. You will barf immediately. Uh, Justin Horman, I wish I bought a Rift S when they were out. I have the original Rift, and I just hate setting up the sensors if you want to play with it. Yeah, it's a pain. It's, again, it's what we were talking about earlier, the barrier to entry. Um, having to set it up, having it connected to another piece of hardware, having to need another piece of hardware just to play it. It's, it matters. It makes a difference. Um, Cinetyke, I'm not, but I have no space to use it. I have a Quest 2. I can play some limited movement games and another space for my PS5. Yeah, I can't imagine anybody who has a Quest 2 also buying PlayStation VR 2. Yeah. That seems like a really hard sell. Um, Raphael Michael, what about Insomniac's game Stormworld? Is that what you're talking about, Matt? No. Okay. No, it was a much smaller thing. I'm looking for it. 
Uh, Swanland, I bought PlayStation VR and got a little bit in before my PS4 Pro went kaput, so I'm not buying this. Raw data. That's Raw data? Okay. Uh, Vincent says, I want to try VR at some point, but I don't want to invest that much in something that might not agree with me. It's tough. I suggest try to go into a Best Buy or something and play it there, but then it's like... I don't know if I want to strap on a VR HMD from public with COVID going around. Like that's probably the easiest way you'll ever get COVID. Trying somebody uh, the VR helmet after somebody else just tried it. So be careful out there, people. Well, probably not. It's, it's not contact of objects isn't really a big deal, but like it's still. If you're be. sweating, I don't know, man. That's not how it transmits. Sub Sam Jam. I use Oculus for about a year, and I think I'm over VR until it goes fully wireless with no more comfortable lighter headsets. Agreed. Um, Erebus Jones, I really want to try it, but it's just so much money and the games just aren't there yet. And then finally, the Big Smoke 82. I'm hoping the tech has improved to reduce sickness, things like eye tracking and haptic plus OLED HRD, HDR screens. And you're right. All that stuff should absolutely help. But I'm going to let y'all be the guinea pigs. <laughs> I'm going to let Matt be the guinea pig. And hopefully he'll let me try his and I can give it a go, but I'm not buying it. Sight. Well, I didn't buy the first one sight unseen. I had tried it at like conventions but it's like you put it on, you play the demo for seven minutes, you take it off. You walk, you wait 15 or 20 minutes, you sit down, you do the next demo. I never got sick in that environment. I got sick once I sat down and played the same thing for like more than 10 minutes. That's how it really got me. So, yeah, I, um, I'll let you guys jump on that grenade. I'll let Matt jump on that grenade. Um, and I agree with you, Matt. I think 500 minimum is the mm-hmm. price, and I think it's going to be dead on arrival at $500. And I think this is a terrible idea. I think PlayStation should have delayed the launch of PlayStation VR 2 at the very least until the end of the year next year and more likely even early 2024. I just don't see any situation where this is going to do well in the current environment we're in. Like inflation and all that stuff it's probably still going to be a problem come January, February, March of next year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fix. It's a worldwide issue. It's going to take a while for every territory to finally get everything going the way it used to. It, it's a mess. It's not going to fix itself overnight anywhere in the world. So I just think this is a terrible decision. I don't know why they're going all in on this. It's like, it's like I said with the lower third, the Titanic. It's like this massive thing that Sony has spent so much R&D money on, and they've had this target date, and they announced it before things got really bad, and now they're locked in, and it's just this giant ship of money that's riding along towards a big iceberg, and they're trying to turn and you can't turn it. It's just, it's going to hit the iceberg, in my opinion, so... We'll see how it goes. I hope I'm wrong. I never root for a piece of hardware or a platform to fail, ever. So I do hope it works. Like I, I root for all these companies to do well. So <laughs> Not Stadia. Yeah. <laughs> I never rooted against Stadia, though. I did. You did. You definitely I did. did. I think that's terrible. <laughs> terrible. I mean, I don't think PSVR, I don't think PSVR 2 is a bad idea. I just don't understand. I think the timing why and the pricing is terrible. This is a good idea right now. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, it's okay. Like, sure. Like Sony can take the hit, I guess, but like I'm also I know I'm gonna feel stupid when I buy the thing at launch so we can play play around with it and test it and talk about it, and like six months later it's like half price. Yeah. Well, I mean they never really dropped the price of PlayStation VR one. I guess not. But it stayed like four hundred bucks the whole time. Yeah, but like even like stores didn't like clearance it out or anything to get not it off really. the shelves. Mm. No, it's just shocking actually. But anyway, that's the latest on PlayStation VR two. If you want it. 
I say save your gift cards that you get at Christmas and the holidays. You're going to need a lot of money to buy it. Um, so maybe that's yeah. how some people will look at it is like they'll take all their gift cards that they get at the holidays and hold them. Uh, yeah, but like don't don't treat the PSVR 2 as aspirational. Like, <laughs> come on. That's a good point. Uh, but anyway. I want to play the Horizon game and I can't really think of what else really. I mean, especially if the old stuff isn't compatible. Right. Like, that's part of the interest in terms of, like, an upgrade for me would be like, oh, I'd like to play that Iron Man game without four-minute load times. Or I'd like know? to play Werewolves Within. Like, there were some yeah. VR games Star I could Trek play. game again. Like, yeah. yeah, that was, that'd be cool with a better headset. with like Higher know, frame rate, I, HDR, better like, screen. I mean, the big thing for that would be, like, I mean, the most in- interesting tech upgrade on this is the fact that the focus moves with your eye. Yeah. It makes a big difference. That's a big deal. And the foveated rendering is a big di- difference. So yeah. there's stuff in there. And again... All the previews have been glowing. You can check them out. We curated a bunch on Sifted. Everybody who's tried it loves it. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure we get that out of, out of there. I don't want you to think we were just going to beat on PlayStation VR 2 the whole time. Now, it does seem to be a good piece of tech. Yeah. I just don't know It where looks it, like a great VR I just HMP. don't know where it fits. I just don't know if there's Especially a market Especially at that price. Yeah. The it'll be a tough. Price. Yep, it'll be a tough sell. So there you go. That's the latest on PlayStation VR 2. Next up, we're going to talk about... A game that I'm really disappointed in. <laughs> I mean, that's the story of this franchise. <laughs> the last three or four entries, really. Yes, th- that game is Star Ocean: The Divine Force. Um, it was a one of the bigger games at Tokyo Game Show just about mm-hmm. a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, another Square Enix JRPG. Matt, do you realize that there are eight lot. or nine Square Enix JRPGs that will have been released? In the last six months of 2022, and it's all yeah. said and done. I mean, at least they're all pretty different. It's crazy. I don't know what they're after there. Is this but... what Square Enix was talking about when it's like we're going to drop our Western studios and like concentrate on our strengths or whatever? Maybe. Like, I don't know how many of the. I mean, I played various Day Life, and that's one of the most boring things I've played in a very <laughs> long time. Like, I guess it's well, well named. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about Star Ocean. Matt, have you ever been a fan of the Star Ocean franchise? I like the first two. Yeah. Way back in the day. And the third one was okay. And then, was it the third one that turned out to be like a VR simulation of a science fiction oh, space right. thing? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Was it, or was that four? Because which one is it? Is this six or seven? This is six, six, I believe. The Last Hope, I think, was five. Well, there was another one that was called like integrity and faithlessness oh right Which one was that that was that title was like a yeah. mile long i thought that was the fourth one maybe i can't remember i don't either because i'll say this about this franchise they all kind of bleed Actually, wasn't together the last hope a remake of the space one of the one where that turned out to be everything they're, they're was a all simulation. space ones though they, they are but one of them turned <laughs> out to be a simulation like like half three quarters three quarters of the way through the game it turns out that you're playing a simulation and nobody's real yeah i think that was the faithlessness one no, that was the Earl. That was a long time ago. That was three, I think. Huh. And well, that was like one of the most hated, tw- three or four. It was one of the most hated twists in the history of everything. <laughs> um, Integrity and Faithlessness is Star Ocean 5, 5 from 2016. Okay. Yeah. Um, Swanlin says Star Ocean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three, four, five times. <laughs> um, Johnny Hurricane says Star Ocean chat is about as bad as Kingdom Hearts. Mm hmm. Um, Ammo Clip 20 says it was three. Yeah. Okay. That was the one with Edge Maverick. Oh, yeah. As, as the main character. That's right. <laughs> um, and I believe The Last Hope was a remake of that. Was it? But I might be wrong. 
Or maybe that was a remake of the first one. Well, Last Hope, there's some elements in The Last Hope that are brought over into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is coming to everything. Its release date is October 27th, and it's coming to PC, play, both PlayStations and both Xboxes. Not Switch. Switch is the exception. Obviously not Stadia either. But... It is one I thing forgot, I, I forgot to play the demo of this. Uh, one thing I say about Star Ocean is it was ahead of its time. It is one of the first Japanese action RPG franchises. Um, when everyone else was still making turn-based stuff, Star Ocean was one of the first that went to full real-time combat and kind of paved the. God, this looks exactly like the other one. It, you can't tell the difference in any of these games, Matt. They all look the same. The character models in this are abysmal. So we <laughs> we talked about. Which um, Xenoblade Chronicles was it that had, like, the young girls with the big boobs and, like, dressed in, like, nothing? I mean, that was two. That was two. The Blades. Were this like game that. is like that. Yeah. There are girls in this that look like they're, like, 10 or 11 that have, like, heaving cleavage and, like, <laughs> wearing, like, mini skirts and, like... So there's a little bit of that element in this. That guy um, even looks a little like an older Edge Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if Edge Maverick joined Def Leppard. <laughs> Well, the plot of this game is it all starts out and you're on your ship. You and your crew are on your ship. You are under attack by, you don't know who you're attacked by at first, uh, but because you have this cargo, this secret weapon on your ship. And so this these other people attack your ship. They're trying to get the weapon. Um, your ship is on the verge of going down. So you and your crew, you all jump into the escape pods and you escape and you all fly down to this planet that's just below your ship. And you all land in different places. And basically the... I mean, it's Star Ocean in a nutshell. It's, it's like, kind oh, we of, crashed on a planet. It's always the same. You thought it was going to be in space, but now we got to run around a jungle for 40 hours. That's pretty much what you have here. So you, all the pods land. It's your job to find all your, your crew, where their pods landed. And there's one person in particular that you're trying really hard to is, find. Is, is it conveniently on a planet with like medieval-level technology? Yes. Yeah, so one, one thing I was getting at is that Star Ocean is one of those rare RPG franchises that satisfies both sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. And that's how they do it, Matt. Basically, sci- sci-fi characters get stranded in a medieval in a, RPG. In a fantasy yeah. world, basically. And that's exactly what happens here. Just like all the prior ones. So, your pods all land on the planet. You land, you run into this princess and her bodyguard, who are denizens of the planet. They tell you they know the planet. You tell them you're looking for a friend. You don't know where they are. And they're like, oh, well, we're looking for somebody, too. Want to team up? And you do. So you team up with them. They're your first two party members. That sounds like an excellent tutorial. (laughs) Yep. You team up with them, and off you are trying to find your your crew member. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. um, The game is under development by Triace, which is a studio that has made pretty much all of the Star Ocean games. So it's not like they've handed it off to a different studio. It is being... Are there people there that have been there the whole time? Like, through the whole series? I mean, wow. This game is launching to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Star Ocean, which is pretty crazy to think about. I did not think it was that old. Oh, yeah. It was on, on the PS1. Yeah. Maybe maybe the original was Super, Super Famicom. I can't remember. Hmm. Well, the slight spoiler here is this happens all in the first, like, 10 minutes of the game or whatever. This is you meeting the princess and, like, her bodyguard or whatever. And she throws you a sword so you can fight your first creature. God, this is exactly like two, of, at least two of the others. Yep. <laughs> So what like if you showed me this and told me it was an old Star Ocean game, I'd believe you. Yeah. 
Because I don't remember any of Even this with stuff, the visuals. Clearly. One Super Master Gamer says the lip sync is very bad. It is awful. And I don't think that they've redone the lip syncing for the English voices. Mm. I think that the lip syncing is even try to only it. for the... They didn't even try. They're yeah. just like, you know what? We'll just run the same facial you animation. No, it's Star Ocean. <laughs> well, I'm sure the dub was done after everything was done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Swanlin says Trias can't make 3D RPGs. I would not disagree with that, Swanlin. I think you, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, the, the Star Ocean games in the 3D era are just unique to me in just how they have never progressed. They have never, not even like stagnated. They just don't do anything else. Yeah, it's amazing. They've very much been the same. Now, like you could probably remake this as a PS2 game, like a top-down 2D game, and not really lose a lot. Well, now I'll get to it in a second, but they do do some new things with the gameplay in this. Integrity and Faithlessness was so boring, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah. Describe the cover for it. I think it was like a green silhouette of a guy in a nebula or something. Yeah. That's about it. That's probably what the box art will look like for this, too. <laughs> um, so as it turns out, the, the weapon that the, they shot down your ship for is what, and this is a spoiler I was talking about, although it's not that big of a spoiler if you watch any trailers for this game, is essentially a mag from Fantasy Star Online. You get this little drone that flies around following you around, and it gives you a bunch of abilities that you normally wouldn't have. And then there's also it also has its own like skill tree, basically, where you can level it up, and it can become more powerful in addition to leveling yourself up and your party members. But it's basically a mag. It's called a Duma. It allows you to fly, and it takes a little while before you actually get that ability. But once you do... You basically hold the R1 button and then you adjust the trajectory and then you kind of burst out into open space and fly. And then if you tap the X button, then you'll start hovering and kind of floating back down to the ground. So not only can you use it in combat because you can essentially fly up into the sky and then you can do like the special maneuvers like these dodges and then you can catch enemies off guard. You can get like first attack basically or there's another thing that you can do where it's basically like you attack from the side and it's called a blindside attack. And that will actually stagger enemies, which allows you then to dole out a lot more damage on those enemies. So basically what you do is you hold R1, you hover up into the air, and then you try to like line up the enemies down on the ground so that you can attack them from the side. Now they'll try to attack you and you can tap the L1 button to do like a strafe or whatever. And if you tap that L1 and do a strafe and then very quickly come down, that's how you get the blind side. So you'll do damage, plus you'll stagger the enemy, and then when you follow up, it just completely annihilates them. So it's a way to take out large groups of enemies at once, essentially, um, within the confines of the uh, action-based combat. Um, that is So the surprise attack, that's something that came in from Last Hope. That was one of the elements of Last Hope that they brought over to this game. And really all you have to do to make it work is you have to break the line of sight with you and the enemies. And then again, as I said, it'll stagger the enemies and leave them open to more damage. Um, there's two gauges in the game. There's a VA gauge. And the VA gauge generally controls the, the Doom abilities. You need to have that meter full or you can't use a Duma at all. And it refills like really quickly all on its own. Or you can perform perfect blocks or perfect dodges and it will refill that gauge more quickly. The other meter is an ability points meter. And 
basically every attack that you do in the game other than the Duma stuff is governed by the ability points. So this happens a lot in this game, Matt, where you are doing a combo and you just run out of ability points in the middle of the combo and you start hearing dun, 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 like this awful sound effect telling you that you've run out of ability points. I would rather just hear nothing than hear that every time because it happens constantly. Now, as you level up, it does get a little better. Um, and you can, you know, do at least fight one enemy before you d- run out of your AP points and you have to wait for them to refill. But at the, in the early parts of the game, every single time you fight an enemy, you're hearing dun, 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 dun. Oh, crap, I'm out of ability points again. And now you're seeing the Duma stuff for the first time here in the B-roll. Um this is the point where it kind of rolls out of the the pod and you discover it and you're like oh this is what they wanted and this is how it works so you hold r1 you turn blue and you kind of float up into the sky and then you can dive down and attack enemies so you can see there i did the sidestep first and then came in and then i caught the enemies off guard and allowed me to open them up to do more damage but this is the whole system right here that you're seeing right now as far as the combat is concerned now it's also used for traversal um, you can jump down. It's like a lot like um, Breath of the Wild. You have these high vistas that you're coming down off of. So instead of having to like walk down the path all the way down to the valley, you can just jump off the edge of the cliff and just float all the way down. Um, and then you can also use it to get on rooftops because once you tap R1, you set the trajectory of your boost. So you can be on the ground, tap R1, and then pull back on the stick so your trajectory is up towards the sky, and it'll shoot you up onto the roof. And as you play the game, mastering the mechanics for both combat and traversal from the Duma become really, really important. So that is the part I was talking about, Matt, where they actually did try to do something a little bit different with this one as far as the combat is concerned, while it also being at least a little bit inspired by prior games in the franchise. Um, you can switch between characters at will. You just tap down or up on the D-pad, and you can cycle through all the characters in your party. Um, you tap left or right, and that lets you target specific body parts. So you can see right now on this boss, I'm targeting his knee. If you tap left or right on the D-pad, it'll cycle through all his weak points. And eventually I figure out that he has a weak point on his head, and then you use the Duma ability to fly up to get to his head, and then you attack his head, and you can take him out in just like a couple attacks once you figure that out. Um, so, and this carries through the whole game, the targeting points. And, there, and enemies have weak points. There's elemental angles to it as well, as far as using the right elements on the right enemies with their with a specific alignment. Um, you know me, Matt, I hate stamina meters. And basically, the ability points meter is really a stamina meter. It yeah. just keeps you from being able to spam and basically play the game as a hack and slash, which is what most people are going to want to do when they play this game. There are three attack buttons. They're square, triangle, and circle. Each one of them has a different cooldown time. And a lot of getting good at the combat in this is kind of mastering subliminally when those three different attack buttons are going to be ready to fire off again. Um... There, as I said, you can upgrade the Duma's abilities. Each character also has a skill tree, their own independent skill tree. Um, you can adjust pretty much how you um, improve, improve each ability manually. So when you, when you pick something that you want to upgrade, you choose the percentage that you want to upgrade it. And then that scales into the upgrade points. It's okay, you want 40%. Well, that's going to cost you two upgrade points. You want 80%. Well, that's going to cost you four upgrade points or whatever. It allows you to be a little bit more granular with how you do your upgrades instead of everything just being kind of binary. 
Um, there's also equipment that you equip. You get new swords, new, like the one character has like the rings that he attacks with. Um, you get new armor, all that stuff. You, and it's not crazy. It's not like you're constantly getting drops and like, oh, here's new armor. And it's like one, one thousandth more st stronger than the armor that I have equipped already. Like usually when you get something in this game, you, it's worth equipping like right away. It's a meaningful step up from what you had before. And I, I do appreciate that. Uh, weapons, once you have the weapon, you can upgrade it with gems to make it more powerful. Someone said the lip sync is terrible. The voiceover is atrocious. <laughs> the voice work, the writing, the facial anime, all terrible, all abysmal. Another one of those games where it takes like five minutes for them to say something that they could say in like a sentence. It's just overly wordy script that just goes on and on. It's the cinematics are awkward. They're shot from weird angles. They have a fascination with cell phones like he has a cell phone and there's just these like 10 minute long cinematics where he's talking and it just has this still image of the cell phone in his hand like it's just it's bad um as i said earlier there's some of the questionable sexualization of young girls in this where you feel uncomfortable looking at this 11 year old with like quadruple d boobs his head's kind of too small too for their bodies yeah, yeah. It's not a good-looking game. Like the character models look okay when they're just sitting there. Well, yeah, because they all look like dolls. They do. Yeah, they like a bunch real. of action figures walking yeah, around. Yeah, they don't look real. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's like some Dreamcast shit. So it is kind of in high res though. Yeah. So to Matt's point, this there is a demo out there now. It's a few hours long. If you want to play this before you decide to take the plunge, as I said, it is coming out October twenty seventh. And the last part of this month is pretty much loaded with big games. And there's so, as I said earlier, there's so many JRPGs coming out. Not just JRPGs, JRPGs from Square Enix. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand why it is... covering the whole thing at this point. Is Octopath Traveler 2 this year? I think it's early next year. Early next year. But... That's really the only one that has... Trips the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. All of it, the rest of it, it's like... And we're going to talk about another... Square, we're actually I mean, we're I gonna forgot, talk about two more JRPGs. I forgot to play this demo because you just forgot to play yeah, it because it's just it's just Star Ocean. Yeah. Well, now you're seeing some of the traversal stuff with the Duma, and you can see the Duma there. It's that little contraption that follows along behind you. But you can see you you tap R and you hover, and then you set the angle that you want to fly, and you release R and you shoot out, and you can hit X and it will allow you to float down. And this mechanic. The, eventually, once you start getting into the levels, the levels are built in such a way that this mechanic becomes very, very handy. Now, the game is not open world per se, but it, it puts on a pretty good beard. It, playing it, you feel like it is open world, even though the worlds are basically linear cattle shoots that are just taking you to kind of the next open area. It is a lot like God of War. You have these areas that are extremely linear that will break open to these bigger areas that still end up taking you to the same place. <laughs> you just have a bunch of different pathways you can take to get to that same place. Um, but ultimately, all the levels in this are pretty much linear. There's a lot of like just getting from point A to point B. There are towns in the game, and the towns are exactly what you'd expect. You can go there, there's shops and people to talk to, and there's new equipment to buy. And, you know, I've already, I've only played this for a couple hours. I've already went to, made it to two major towns in the game. 
The other thing I found about this game is you can just run past everything. Like, I got tired of fighting, like, rank-and-file enemies down on the ground. And so I just started flying and running past everything. And that's how I got to a second town. Hmm. Is I just ran past the enemies for a good, like, three miles. Virtual, a good virtual three miles before I got to the next town. So the worlds in this are big. But they're very repetitive. You fight a lot of the same enemies. A lot of the same textures are repeated over and over again. Um, yeah. There's just so much competition for JRPGs over the next few months. It, I just really struggle to see myself recommending this to somebody. And we're going to talk about a couple RPGs here in a minute that I would recommend over this game. We, I played three JRPGs this week. This was the worst one I played easily the worst one and i'm sure some of you are, are gonna watch like the b-roll for the next no, couple you didn't games play various day life i did not so but i guarantee people are gonna sit sitting watching the show are gonna watch the next couple games and say i'm crazy for saying that those games are better than this but i am just mm, telling you no i think both of them at very least look better than this some people will think this game looks better I think. Well, some people need to watch Some people will be anime. wrong, but some people will say this looks better. Um, El Guapa says Octopath Traveler 2 is later this month. Hmm. I don't think it's this month. Because we just did Dossier. And I mean, it's it not does com- seem like you'd want to release that in October. Well, Octo... October. Octopath. That's, that's what I said. It does seem to make too much sense. And if I did not see that when I put together Dossier, that is a huge mistake on my part, and I apologize. But I would be surprised if I missed it. Um... But I'm sure this game is going to cost full price. Like I don't think it's going to cost seventy dollars full price. Here Fe- you're seeing February twenty fourth. It's what Octopath Traveler's February twenty fourth. It is early next year. That's what I thought. Um, here you're seeing the skill trees for the actual characters, and they're gigantic. Um, but one thing I will say is there's only like three different disciplines that they branch off from, and they're really deep once they branch off from those. But there are only really like three categories that you end up branching off the tree. Uh, as I said, you can also upgrade the Duma. Here you're seeing all the interface for all that stuff, where you can upgrade your mag, basically, um, to give it better powers and help you with your traversal and with your combat, because it is a dual-purpose device that works for both. But I really have, after playing this for a few hours, I really have very little draw to continue playing this game. Like, I'm not looking forward to this game when it comes out at the end of October. And the other thing, too, is that, like, I'm going on vacation on like the 15th and I'm not back for like 10 days. When I come back, it's going to be a mad rush to play all the games of late October. And I just see this one falling by the wayside, Matt. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I liked star ocean more than I do, but every single one of them is just a disappointment. They're just dull and boring. Like the stories are never great. Like I just never get caught up by the characters. Like I do like that. It is a dual setting where you get both like the sci-fi angle out in space and Mm. then you get the more medieval fantasy stuff down on the ground it does kind of kill two birds with one stone but yeah it kind of has a fantasy star thing going on yeah like it never does anything with it It, i mean especially with the mags now it really but you're right though down on the ground it looks a lot like fantasy star online Mm. like a lot of the enemies look the same like the environments look the same um i'd rather play that though than star ocean I'll put it to you that way. And Fantasy Star Online is, what, 23 years old at this point? Yeah, I mean, you can, get, you can play the sequel online right now. but Yeah. Yeah, I good. downloaded it and still haven't played it. I'll pretty good. I have to give it a whirl sometime. Um, but pretty anyway. Good, but I don't, have the, I don't have the attention span for that kind of thing anymore. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, that is Star Ocean, The Divine Force. Again, it's coming to PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. And it launches October 27th. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another JRPG. This one is one that I had already played a little bit. And then Matt dove on it over the last week and a half and has been playing it a ton. And that is Valkyrie Elysium, another Square Enix JRPG. This one is already out, though. Yeah. Um, so I had played it a good bit. And when we talked about it last on Game Face, I carried the discussion for the most part. Now I want to flip the tables and let you lead the discussion and share your experiences with playing the game um, because I've already kind of shared mine. And I will say this, too, that I have played a lot more of this game and I like it even less than I did when I talked about it on Game Face. How are you feeling about it, Matt? Fine. I, pl- I played the demo, uh, which was weird because that demo doesn't really end. No, it just goes it on just sort and of, on and on. It sort of stops letting you make forward progress, but you can grind as much as you want. But there's no reason to grind because you can't hold any more items. And it was nice to see that um, the saves did, in fact, carry save over. Save carry over. I wouldn't yep. have played it without it. But, Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> um... Save carries over, and and like, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's um. This is also an action RPG, by the way. Yeah, and they're combat's to, all in real time, action based. Kind of trying to do a character action thing, but they're not really pulling it off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there. Like, there's parries and counters and aerial combos and you know various tricks you can use but like you don't really need to go beyond the bread and butter much as long as you know what the elements do mm-hmm. um so like it's kind of like you'll see like suny legend has done a couple of gifts i think of this with like don't let that fool you like it's not that deep frankly it's like you know don't don't think this is some kind of Sekiro thing you don't even need to match the elements honestly not very often the game is still really yeah. easy i've actually gotten killed a couple of times um, beyond the demo, like the demo dropped health way more than the main game does. Yeah, from what I see, and sometimes I pick up health from enemies, and it doesn't restore my health. Like, oh, really? I, I like a, it's a bug? The glowing blue, the glowing green. So, like sometimes that jumps in into my into my character, and the, and the the life doesn't recover. Huh? I've had that. Happen I haven't seen that times. happen. Um, didn't really matter. I mean, it's it's, it's like you. I really only like get killed when I like. Oh, is a this guy's stronger than I thought he was or like mm-hmm. that, that attack doesn't you can't dodge that attack by doing that that kind of thing yeah and it's very if you do die you just like respawn at the last thing and try it again like it's very oh forgiving. that's actually something I should mention about I'm glad you brought that up about Star Ocean before we get too far into this game Star Ocean if you die you replay big chunks of the game mm. which is crazy I, I actually had a part in Star Ocean where I fought a boss beat the boss Made it a good, like, 20 minutes past the boss. And then when I died, they respawned me to, like, 15 minutes before the boss. Hmm. Something to keep in mind about Star Ocean. And something that they really need to fix. But anyway, you're right. The Can you save any time in Star Ocean? No. It, it cuts you points. off at certain points. Hmm. Like, during boss fights and stuff like that, it won't let you save. But I do think, generally, you can manually save. But there are certain parts where they block you out. This, the checkpoints are great. They're constant, and yeah. you never have to retread much ground if you die, like hardly at all. No, and so it's like the you know the story is fine. Like it's it's you know it's if Odin has a fight with Fenrir and and gets his eye poked out, so he resurrects this Valkyrie to do his job for him and to rescue undead souls or whatever. 
Um, Odin could not possibly be more evil. Like, more obviously going to betray you oh, yeah. later on. Yeah. Also, like... You're you're re- actually helping him. You're yeah. returning him back to his former form. Yeah, and you're clearly going to get screwed by it later. Because the wolf, like, marred him. And, like... And as you rescue souls, also, like, his he looks, skin heals up. Also, he looks like this, but he sounds... Like, the voice acting's like an old man. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. did you not realize that he's, like, a hot, long, blonde hair rocker guy? Like, what? what yeah. did you... What, where is that? I mean, he sounds like you'd think Odin would sound. Yeah. But it's like no one showed the voice actor the character design of this odin yep um he looks more like he should sound like jamie lannister or something yeah that's um, true yeah and it's fine you like run into like rival valkyries who are fighting you for reasons that you don't understand and odin's like oh that sounds like a bad thing you better go kill them if you see them again it's like oh i bet they're fighting against odin because odin's gotten corrupt i don't know it's like there's not a lot of twists and turns in it's kind of easy to see where everything's headed Ad- yeah. agreed and for those of you who maybe didn't watch the episode we talked about this it is set during Ragnarok. Odin has a clash with Melnir, the wolf. The wolf almost kills him. And basically, you are trying to cleanse souls um, to restore him and to fight off Ragnarok, the end, which is the or end of everything. Or basically. so the Germans would have us believe. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. And she's kind of like, she's a rather single-minded entity. Um, like, And you do gather, like... Uh, I can't remember the the name. I mean, it's, it's the it's the Norse word for like warrior. Basically, it's Aaron Aaron Yar or anything. Like that. That's close. It's it's yeah. li- it's the it's li- there's a word from mythology that describes the warriors that are in Valhalla. Like, yeah, that, that's who they are. They come back as to fight as Odin's army, and they become back. party members. Yeah, so and you can summon them. Like yeah, you just tap R one, and then at, as you collect more party members it fills up the four face buttons. So you just tap R one, and then the corresponding face button, and they just jump into action. Um, yeah. In the demo, they give you like three, like right away. In the final retail version of the game, I still only have two of those. I've only earned yeah, two. You, at this you point. get you get them much slower, and also they take them away in the demo after the tutorial. Like, they, like yeah, you, you know, once you the tutorial's over, you earn have to them again. Yeah, fight um, them. And I only have two in the retail version of the game at this point, so I haven't yeah. gotten back out to where they were in the demo. Um, Early on, that's that's the whole thing is like beating bosses to free these mm-hmm. souls that can then become your your allies, and then you have a couple, you know, like the second one, you have to kind of go find is they have to find their stuff mm-hmm. to like restore their memory so they remember who they are, so that then they'll. Join and that's you. a little annoying. Yeah, because you got to do this thing where like you got to like some of these butterflies to follow them around. It takes forever. Which was cool at first. I was like, oh, cool! Like I'm following this herd of butterflies around. And then after I got to like the fifth time, I was like, okay. yeah, get on with it. <laughs> and it's like you want to be able to like, like navigate the stuff with like without that, but it's like everything looks the same, and there's no way to tell where like, where they want you to go. So you kind of have to use it to just not waste your time. Cell Wizard and Swanlin uh, shared this Einer jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how you you don't pronounce it as it's spelled though. It's like it's like Arnar or something like that. Yeah. Ashes um, in the Hourglass is asking, how do you make a Valkyrie profile game that looks this gray. Matt and I were talking about this yeah. off camera before we started the show. That this game, this actually, this scene actually has some color, but for the most part, it's all like tan, yeah, tan and brown, gray and like brown. It's like in white. It's a lot like it's Eco, like, honestly. Sort of, except Eco has a, a flair to how yeah. it's depicting things. This just feels like somebody made a video game out of a out of a very gloomy day. Yeah, and it made it cell shaded. Sort of. I don't. The, people keep talking. I don't really see a lot of cell shading there. I see like there's a line around her, but like nothing else really looks like that. Yeah. 
It's a weird art style. It is a weird art style. It's not a particularly great-looking game. It doesn't look no. bad either. I mean, I keep going back to what you said when we first started discussing the game when you said it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, really, like, everything thing is like, about it is It's just... weird. Like, this, the discourse in this game is strange because, like, there's people that, like, seem to really love this thing. I don't know like, how. Okay. Like, but, like, they're, like, all mad that, like, reviewers are giving it, like, sevens and stuff. And I'm like... <laughs> This is that's what that this might game be a little is. generous. It's, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of places give it like four out of four point five. That's too low. Low, but yeah, it's a strictly mid range. Like this is like a B list game that would come out on the PS2 while you were waiting for something bigger to come out. Like a, yeah, the presentation is real low does, rent. Like the cinematics are. Yeah, it does everything 2D. it's trying to do. It accomplishes its goals and no further. It's completely competent. Um, what you see is what you get. Uh, the story is good enough to get by. The combat is good enough to get by. Like, you know, there's enough to do in each level that you can probably keep your interest. There's collectible things that, like, add world-building stuff that's somewhat interesting. Um, there's a couple little puzzles. Like, the, the allies you get help you, like, do world puzzles. So there's reasons to visit old areas because then you can open up stuff you couldn't get to before. Because, like, first guy can break boulders yeah. that, like, stand Another in Another guy way. can create, like, bridges. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Maybe it's not 70 bucks fine. Yeah. Magic system is a lot like the um, party system. Instead of holding R1, you hold R2. Yeah. And then your magic spells correspond to the four face buttons. And they, man, their cooldowns are very quick. Yeah, you can use that. You can just spam magic for the most part. Yeah, because there's no cooldown on them. The cooldown is those little squares on the bottom, little diamonds on the bottom. Like, and those refill with combos. Mm -hmm. So, and some of it refills based on time, but also combos and combos that your allies do. So you, you know, once you get like five or six of those things, like you can basically fire off whatever you want. Yep. Um, and especially because the allies summons work on a different bar, work on the blue bar under the under the life bar. So you've got a lot of tools at your disposal. And of course, you know, if you use the right element uh, of magic, you can stun. You know, it's called crushing, but you stun enemies. So like, if you get a group, you're like, if you know what they're weak to, you just hit them with something that chains across them all, and you don't have to worry about half of them because they're all stunned for a while. Like it's it's the the, the systems work. Like they're yeah. there. It's just. And they're not over overly complicated either. Like it, yeah. listening to us talk about it, I think it sounds more complicated than it really is. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you can, what you're seeing is what you get here. I mean, you can knock the tail off that dragon, get a few extra items out of it. But it, like, thing, it doesn't matter. Not really. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was weird is how much of it is nonsense. Like, you can only carry so many like elixirs, and and yeah. so now at a certain point, there's almost no reason to open treasure chests. Yeah. Because most of the time, you're going to open them. It's like you can't carry. You can't any more take of this. anything. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, then what am I even fucking doing? And well, then plus you have like, a magic spell that heals you better than right. any of the other. And you get penalized at the end of the level if you use items. Right. So there's like triple reason not to use them. Yep. So I'm like, okay, like that's weird. There's like if you you know you upgrade the weapons with uh, you know, crystals and stuff, and that de- you know ups their uh, their defense and 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 attack value and stuff, so that makes them more powerful. And, and that happens in a weird a, place in like a pause screen. Yeah, that happens in the, <laughs> at the save. So points. weird. But like the. Um, the you know that, that's important, but there's only six weapon types, so you yeah. kind of got. And the other weird thing about that is, so there's that, there's the, the upgrading, and then there's also the affinity. So the more you use a weapon, the more you'll get an affinity for it. It'll ra- raise from like level you know ra- gr- grade G all the way up to like grade S, you know mm-hmm. G. Uh, and I got like my the, ma- the sword you start with, I got that up to I think that was up to like grade A. Mm-hmm. And there's a point at which I'm like, what does that do? I like to know what because like a couple, maybe I should try another weapon and see what that is. Because I got a spear, I'm like, should try that? Should I not jump off the affinity till I max it? And I look it up on the reddit and they're like oh affinity doesn't actually do anything it just tells you how much you've used each weapon yeah and i'm it's like just informational what? 
why is that there yeah. that like it's so weird like okay sure um this game makes a pretty good first impression yeah but again the more i played it the less i enjoyed it because it does start to get very repetitive like you've, you've seen all of its tricks yeah you have early on there's a square and a triangle like the combos never get all that complicated and you it do all learn looks like that it's like you're constantly waiting for the sun to come out yeah it's always overcast gray sky i mean i guess it's ragnarok so it's yeah i guess it makes sense it's a in gloomy that, day in, in valhalla but yeah. like yeah, that's about it. And the bosses are interesting. You know, the bosses are like, you know, a couple of tricks. And you're like, oh, I get it. I mean, when I fought this guy, I don't think he even touched me. Yeah. Especially if you, if you know what the, the, the element they're vulnerable to, you hit them a couple times and they'll get stunned. They're crushed, And then yeah. if you hit them again with the same element, they get immobilized. You, mm -hmm. And, like, there's a couple bosses I was able to take half their life off before they could even move. You can just unload. Yeah. Um, which is kind of satisfying early on. But after a while, you're like, okay, this is just how this works, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't feel like this ever really put up much of a fight. The only time I died was when I just stopped paying attention. Yeah, to I get level. I get dumb and think yeah. I could kill anything because because for most of the time you can. Most of the times like oh, there's twenty dudes like oh, we are all gonna die in three hits anyway. I don't care. You yeah, know, like, it's. I fell asleep once playing this game. Yeah, so that should tell you whatever you need to know there. I think. How do you feel about this in general, Matt? Because this is a franchise that I feel like a lot of people had waited a long time for it to be revived, and then Square Enix does revive it, and they. Do it, and I hate to say this, but in kind of a half-assed way. Yeah, like what I was saying earlier, the cinematics in this are really bare bones. They're either these two D like. Yeah, I would not if you didn't tell me this was part of the Valkyrie profile series. I would not. I would not pick it out yeah. as that. Other than the fact that you were playing a Valkyrie. Um, to be honest, one of the reasons, that, one of the most interesting things about this game to me was that it was going to come with a. The you know the, the the remaster of Valkyrie Profile Lenith, which right. is the PSP remake of the original game, mm -hmm. and then that got delayed to December. Right. So I'm just stuck playing this now. I'm I assuming guess. we just get a free download for that when yeah, it comes out. Yeah, it'll just out. become a, a free download. Yeah, it'll just be a download. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll be. It'll probably be a separate. I think it's going to be a separate game, but it'll just be count as owned right. by you when it comes out. And anyone who doesn't. So it'll have, already be in your library. Yeah. And you just so have you'll download. be able to purchase that separately it's weird like that just doesn't really happen <laughs> where you buy a game and it comes with another game and then it shows up later that happens it's just dlc really but like yeah i, I definitely think that happened for something else but i can't remember what it was not very common though i mean it's basically what would happen with like episodes of things yeah about the season that's a good pass. way that's a good analogy actually um but that is a better game than this so Swanlin asks, do you think this game would be a lot better if all the stuff they gave you for combat was necessary to survive? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think most games are that way, where the yeah. best games are the ones that make that force you to make use of all the mechanics that they've given you yeah. to play just, the game. I just don't think it's designed well enough for that to be in play. Like, like the, the, the enemy... The enemy's animations, the enemy's movement and, and stuff, it's just too muddy mm -hmm. to really... And, like, everything's very... Like, I was shocked to look in the little, like, the database thing on this and realize that there's, like, three times as many enemy types as I thought there were. Because I was just like, okay, zombie soldiers. But I guess, like, five of those kinds. Yeah. But I'm like, I thought they were all the same thing because they're so indistinct. They look the same. Yeah. Because you're fighting very fast. You can't yeah. see all the details in the character models. Uh, the other thing we should say, too, the way this game is structured is you go to Odin... He gives you a mission. You go to this warp pad. You warp out. Thing. You play the mission. You finish the mission. You warp back to Odin. Yeah. He, and then you warp. But you, you visit each area two or three times for mm -hmm. different missions, and it's the same exact area. Yeah. Every time. It's just hope you like rep rep repeating the location. And, and I didn't find God, like that's any not even fast counting like going travel. Around. Did you? No. Yeah. 
Which is weird. If they're going to make you keep going back. Like, and... some of the missions start you in different parts of the level. That's the other thing. Like, you've, you can find, um, um, like, you can go back to Valhalla whenever you want. Yeah. Like, so you don't have to finish the level every time. But, like, like you... If you find you can find these like glowing wisps that are like the souls of people, and they like have side quests for you, and they're like, yeah. oh, I don't, you know, these monsters are a thing. I find my mother's ring, but you can't do them in the level you're in. You have to leave, finish the level or leave the level, and then go into the map screen selection and switch to the side quest panel, and then specifically choose that side quest to jump into that area to do, and you'll end up in a different part of the area with that side quest active and the other quest not active. So that, that's all separate. From the, it's very weird. It's a side effect of the way the game is designed. Basically. Yeah, but like you find a side quest, you can't do it. Then you have to go back, yeah. back to base, and read. It's almost like Metal Gear Solid Five. You, have, you you can't do anything. You have to go back to base and then specifically set out to do that thing. Yep. Um, which feels like padding. Yeah, it's weird. It's just it's goofy. And those side quests, you can finish them in like six minutes or something. It's, it's very yeah. quick. Most of them are very quick. Little ch- you know, take place in very small chunks of the level. Uh, and it's just like okay, and then what? And then you get like ten gems for them or something. It's yeah. like nothing. The rewards are nothing. <laughs> no. Like even with this, like like you, you can get like sometimes you open treasure chests. It's like you got ten violet gems. I can get ten violet gems from every barrel over there. Just smashing a box. Like, I got like forty yeah. from like just op- yeah. like knocking over a crate. Like I what, actually kind of stopped. Point? I stopped opening all the chests after a while. Well, yeah, because I'm full of all the items and the the crystals. Like I get more from smashing the the, the debris than I get from yeah. opening. It's very strange. Yeah, and again, I think people can watch this B-roll and think this game is better than it is because you're watching a very small portion of the game. But what you're seeing right now is what you do forever mm-hmm. it just goes on yeah, right and down on. to these like kill all the enemies you get a slightly longer than you want cutscene of the door opening yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... that's a good way to put it <laughs> yep but uh yeah i mean what would you spend for this game what what would you be okay paying for this game at i think it's a good like 30 to 40 40 bucks i think is what this game yeah. should have been priced um i would feel more comfortable paying 30 for it but I think if they wanted it to do well at retail, if they had set it at forty, they generate more revenue than one at of 60. the most boring skill trees I have ever seen. Yeah, just you're, you're literally—it's just the most pedestrian upgrades. So you were saying when I was talking about this that you think there's going to be more than oh what's no, there's here. More, there were more to the skill trees than there was shown in the demo. That's yeah, all. like but they're still very rudimentary. No, it's all—it's very linear with a couple branches. But in the demo, you only get to go down to like. I think it's like the, the fifth or sixth skill level, mm. and it's like th- it's like double that in the in the main game. Yeah, still like, not very big. Because when you get all this, I got all the skills in the demo, and it listed all my all three trees as being twenty percent complete, and that's about right. But like you're also locked out of everything. You know, they they lock you out of the the weapon upgrades or the skill upgrades they don't want you to have yet by having them require specific gems that only drop in certain areas. So, like, until you get to that area, you're not going to have an Azure gem or or whatever. And so that's how, you, you know, you can't do that until you go to that level. Um, so the progression kind of, you know, you, can, you progress when you get to a new area. You can then afford all these new upgrades, but almost immediately because you get so, much re- so many resources so fast. And then you can do nothing upgrade-wise for, like, another hour. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yep. Ashes in the Hourglass says, when people say they want more AA games, this isn't what we meant. I actually think this is what we meant. I mean, this is what that is. But I just think that but... it's not priced like a AA game. Yeah. Like, this also, is the type of game we're talking about. Yeah, this is this is literally, you know, it's it's entirely competent. Entirely, you know, it would be, it'd be a B-list uh, PlayStation 2 game back in the mm-hmm. day. It would be, uh, 
you know, it'd be a Valkyrie profile game. For, well, back for then, us. those games could sell 800,000, a million yeah. copies and turn a nice profit, and that would be fine. But charging full price for this, that's a tough ask, and it's wrong if you ask me. So I would not buy this at full I mean, price. In, in terms of what they spent to make it, it probably is about right. Here's a um, side quest that Matt was talking about. Yeah. So you talk to this glowing fountain and that's it like that's it that's that's it it. it's like then you go off and do whatever they ask you to do it's there's not a lot of pomp and circumstance in the very very empty world like it's all you know it's another kind of the the dark Souls style everything already happened yeah sort of thing yeah and you just run into a couple people here and there the stragglers until you get into towns maybe that's why it looks like that they're trying to emulate like the from look and maybe not really getting there yeah maybe she also um, runs like Naruto, which is weird. Like she yeah, her arms yeah, she behind does. her. Yeah, it's apparently weird. that's supposed to be like she's flying because she's uh, a Valkyrie. But I'm like, it just looks like it just looks like she's an anime dork. The camera is always too low, too. I mean, yeah, I don't know the if they're trying to make weird. make you think you can look up her skirt or whatever. I don't know, but it's always I always feel like I'm looking down or up at her from behind whenever she's running at high speeds. But that's just small stuff nitpicky stuff but um in general i think it's a solid game but unremarkable i think people who buy this at full price because of its pedigree are going to be disappointed and i would wait until it drops to at least 40 dollars before taking the plunge yeah you agree with most of that yeah um it's fine yep but that's valkyrie elysium um again it's available for only pc and playstation it's a playstation console exclusive for now um my guess is when it doesn't sell very well on playstation they'll release it for xbox and switch you could definitely run that game on switch <laughs> yeah i would would think so yeah i might need to tone down some of the magic a little effects, bit but like cut down the enemy count or whatever you can get it to work but that unfortunately g- you would be adding a fair amount of load time yeah which is a problem because you have to jump between areas oh that's true that's but- a good point I mean, Switch owners are kind of used to that. Yep, they are. Yep. So there you go. That's Valkyrie Elysium. Next up, and our final topic for today's episode is another JRPG. This is the JRPG episode of Game Face, and my week has been filled with JRPGs. The and I- JRPG also ran episode. Yeah. And this is the Diofield Chronicle. So I played three JRPGs this week. I played Star Ocean. I played Valkyrie Elysium, and I played the Diofield Chronicle, and the best of all three of those games is Diofield Chronicle. Hmm. So we have discussed this on Game Face a few weeks ago. Matt had played it. I had not played it at all, so he kind of led the discussion. I have now jumped into Diofield Chronicle, and I've played a ton of it, and I really like it. Um, presentation also a little low rent in this. A lot of the cinematics are just like 2D, or if they have the, the if they do use like the in-engine visuals, it's just like, hey, here's four people standing here, here's two people standing here. We're gonna cut back and forth on the camera angles between that, and we're gonna run the voiceover, and that's pretty much the extent of the presentation in this. Yeah, when they're not doing that thing, we're like. The voiceover is just going to be a weird snippet of flavor tone and oh, not yeah. what you're saying in the text. So, so the text is something completely different, but the voiceover is like, do you think so? Yeah. Like, it's like sometimes it matches what the text says and sometimes not. Like it's just like supposed to be sort of a this is how they're saying this line thing. And sometimes it just doesn't match. It's very weird. Yeah. But the, the, the world building and the, and the story in this is way more interesting than anything Valkyrie Elysium is doing. Like there's there's some Fire Emblem Yes, that's a good way to put it. I will say this, though. The story in this is pretty dry. Mm -hmm. And they use, like, 
a lot of Square Enix JRPGs lately have like the hard English language and this uses the verbiage from that era as well. Um, the story's okay. Like you're basically just mercenaries and like you come well, across this well, stagecoach robbery and well, you're you mercenary. They don't come across it. They plan for it. Right. They're the whole idea because they're, they're, they're mercenaries, but they're the former friends and guard of the murdered prince from years ago. And their whole plan is to get into this mercenary camp that works for like the authorities and get access to all this shit, figure out who assassin who overthrew the king and assassinated the prince and take revenge. Yeah. Um, but they're playing the long, long game. game. This, this game plays the long game. Yeah. <laughs> Denied. The plot moves slow and it's full of politics. Yeah, so there's, there's times when things will pop up and you're like, "Oh right, that was like two hours ago. Yeah. Like, we're doing that, right?" I, I remember. Yeah, even stuff that pops up like where you, you're like, "Oh, can you do this? Yeah, we'll do this." And like two missions later, they're like, "Oh, you remember that thing you want?" I'm like, "No, I don't." Yeah, I don't I, remember I, it I don't remember because that it does all. all kind of bleed together. Yeah, because it's like they start talking about these territories that I don't know what they're, mm -hmm. where they are or what they're talking about. They start talking about these people that I'm not familiar with yet. Like it just, there's a rough, like, you know, you're basically, you're in England yeah, and the mainland, they're worried about the mainland coming to conquer them at some point because there's a big war going on between very thinly disguised versions of France and Germany. Mm -hmm. And now that everybody's running out of the, the resource whose name I can't remember that like lets you cast magic and stuff. No, I don't remember um, either actually. But but the British Isle equivalent here has tons of it. Mm -hmm. So now both warring factions on the mainland not Europe mainland are sort of looking towards, hey, we should invade that island nation mm -hmm. and take all those resources so we can beat the other faction mm -hmm. and so you're kind of what you're doing with the mercenaries is you're trying to establish a way to fight off these like early scouting bands of both of these sides that are sort of trying to see how they could invade your land in the meantime also trying to figure it so you're kind of in this weird position where you're trying to defend the land on behalf of the ruling powers that overthrew the previous ruling power which was what you were working we're for and murdered your friend and they don't figure it out yeah they're completely clueless yeah they don't really <laughs> seem to understand the bigger picture because they've no. been living in the woods for 15 years right right so yeah it's it's there's a lot happening there, there's clearly some political game, entry there's a lot of game of thrones influence and like there you know, is like that kind yeah. of thing but the story's not told in an overly elaborate way it's pretty rudimentary this is another game that probably shouldn't sell at full price um, what I love about this is playing it. It is kind of a RTS MMO ish. Oh, it's absolutely an RTS style of combat. It's an it's it's Fire Emblem as an RTS. Basically. And you have, I mean, what was the most amount of units you ever had at once to command? I think four or five. I mean, four I, is four the most I then, ever had. Four, and then like you can get like allies from the specific mission. Like I, I like escort people or i had like a team up with someone that made it five but i couldn't control them well know? there's also this weird thing where like you can team up a main character with like a sub character right if you have two if you have more characters than four you can like have them be like kind of vanguard with the with yeah. the other character and like you can still use one of their abilities and yep. they still level up slower but like, i like that yeah it, it keeps them on the field they say stuff it feels like they're involved if yep. there's a character that i don't need because their class is redundant i can still team them up and still use both of their actions you know yep. it, it works the cut the, the my biggest issue with this that i've had the biggest problem i've had with this game other than the story being a little dry is 
controlling it with a controller can be yeah, it, unwieldy. It's uh, it's not ideal. No. And it's way too sensitive. So basically how it works is all your characters have auto attacks. And you can click on an enemy and they will go and auto attack that enemy. And then they also have the special attacks. And as you play the game, they get more. And you have to decide which ones you want to keep and which ones you get rid of or whatever. But sometimes you have to aim these attacks. Like the paladin, the guy who rides the horse. Like he does this mm -hmm. like force push. And you have to, you choose it, and then a little arrow yeah. pops up, and you have to aim it. The you aiming for that him. stuff is really finicky. Like well, try, It does try to kind of like stick to enemies to help, but sometimes that's less intuitive than just letting me aim it. Yep. So. And it, this stuff, you got to realize, all this stuff is happening in real time. So the enemies never stop attacking. They never stop advancing. Like There's no pause in the game. So while you're choosing what you're doing, everything else is still happening in real time. It's real real-time strategy. Also, who knew? I, I don't know why they soundproofed the war room. Oh, there, right. But that, that was interesting. <laughs> um. So anyway, you, you basically, the, the combat's happening at all times. And so if you are having problems either selecting your unit or selecting the enemy that you want your unit to go attack, or if you're having problems aiming one of your attacks because it's mm -hmm. it's really touchy. Well, you can, you can pause and switch between units for things with mm -hmm. like um, the ability screen and stuff, yeah. like, which I did that a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I went back to this briefly because I played the demo a fair amount. And then I went back to this for a while, and then I hit some missions that I found annoying and didn't really go back to it. That's exactly what happened to me. So I got to an escort mission, Matt, where there's mm -hmm. this person has a cart, and you're trying to follow the cart through the map. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, this game, I wouldn't say it was a cakewalk, but it was pretty easy. And I got to that mission, and it was just, like, impossible. I played yeah. it like five or six times, and that's where I stalled. Yeah, I did Every get... time I found a way to get past what killed the cart, something else would kill the cart. And I got to like the fifth time, and I was like, screw this. Like, who who was the one that balanced this game and stuck this mission in here? Like, it's completely out of, mm -hmm. like, I got whack through, with the I rest got of the game. I got through that one. That only took me a couple tries, but I think I was, I'd was i been grinding on the demo longer than you had. Uh, so your character more powerful. So I was able to kill the, the guys attacking the cart faster. Right. Right. Yeah, but then after that, that was where, pretty much where I stopped too. Because after I finished that, I went, I was, I hit that point that you do in some of these games. Where you're like, I don't want to go through this again. I, I didn't go and get the next mission basically because mm -hmm. I was like, I'll come back later, and I haven't come back later. Yet. Yeah, I will because I do like it. I literally played that mission like five times and couldn't get past it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go play some more Valkyrie Elysium or whatever. Yeah. And I never ended up The solution back. to that is probably to go back to the war table, the other war table, and like replay older missions mm -hmm. and level up a little bit. Okay. Um, Which sucks, but... A lot like... Um, there are usually treasures and things you haven't gotten in the old in the previous thing because it's hard to get everything in one go. It is, yeah. So that's, you know, you just you go back and get pick up some new equipment or something. Yeah. Um, also, like Valkyrie Elysium, this game is kind of like one of those games where you go out, you do your mission, yeah. you come back to a base. And in this case, the base is like this mansion or whatever that yeah. you go back to. I mean, to. I, I have less reticence about that with like this kind of game like, yeah you know, agreed. it feels it feels appropriate to yep. the theme and Valkyrie then elysium is just like why don't you just let me go there like, I, well the other thing too about this is that the home base evolves right. so as you play you unlock new merchants you unlock new mm -hmm. abilities to upgrade your equipment or your spells yeah. or there's whatever like, yeah there's relationships with the different characters yep. that happen in, in there and there's so a lot like, more it's it's a lot more yeah. worthwhile there's a lot more context to it um also how do you the, like the diorama kind of style of 
things that are in this game where I mean, they work. Sure, like the like war it. table and like. I do think it's interesting that like they have like a hollow table. Yeah. They even commented on it once, like, oh, it's so high tech. And it's like. For everything else, yeah. it's. Is it world. magic? Is it technology? Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise, it's basically like, you know, medieval fantasy. And then, yeah. and, but they have like a hologram table. It's yeah. interesting. These characters also look like dolls, by the way. Yeah, but you, looking at them so far away, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, they, they, they look like dolls because they're basically miniatures. There's yeah, little, they little are. Little pieces it's like around. that little aesthetic that goes throughout the whole game. Also, I made the mistake early on of thinking the horse was the tank. Oh. It is not. No, it's not. Uh, he, he is the flanker. Like, do not have him soak damage. Yeah. Or I send him to do stuff like this. Yeah. I'll send him to open up, like, a chest or to hit a waypoint or something like that because he's yeah. fast. And I he send move. him around the back and whack yeah. him in the head. And... That works, too. Um, but as far as, like, once you're in the missions, like, they're basically linear. Uh, as Matt said, you do. there's a bunch of stuff in the levels that, like, you either have to decide whether you want to take the risk in trying to go get it or screw it and just push your party to finish the mission instead. So it's like some risk and reward with some of the things in the levels. Um, those towers that you just saw us take over, typically that just basically makes a bridge go down or they're just switches, basically. And that's another part of the strategy is should I go for the tower to try to take over the tower and commandeer it and then flip the switch inside it to, you know, change the the environment so I can move forward? Or should I stay here and fight these guys? There's a lot that, that it plays into it. Um, so you can see at the bottom there, you can switch through in this game as well. You can swap through your characters whenever you want. You can choose whichever one you want to control. You can even just put your cursor over them and then tap like the X button to take control of them. And then you can you can control everyone in your party individually. If you hold L2, you can control all of them at once and send them all in the same direction to, a, to move someplace together. Or you can choose that they attack all the same enemy. Um, there's strategy in how you take down enemies because some enemies in the game, if they're sub-bosses, if you take them out, all their minions die. So when you get to some parts of the game, it can become a little more challenging. One thing you should look at is like, okay, maybe I should take out the leader first because a lot of times when you do that, all the minions are gone and it makes it easier to just use that L2, send all four of your party members after that one enemy and just hope that they can hold on while the minions hack away at them while they're trying to take out the, the sub boss. There's, there's a lot of strategy to the game. I really enjoyed playing this game, um, both mentally and the actual mechanics of it um but yeah you can cycle through your party at all times you're always wanting to find the guy who has his cooldown is finished and they can now use their special attack um i haven't seen a lot in the way of team attacks matt where like you can your attack attack one attack from one party member works with the attack of another party member yeah. to create a more powerful one have you seen anything like that no most of the most of it's like kind of tank and spank stuff you yeah want to, you want to ta you want to attract attention and then allow the other characters to go around to the side or behind mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of bonuses for where you hit someone from somewhere yep um and there's a bunch of systems you're seeing now um the footage you're seeing is from back at the home base after you finish a mission you come back here and there's all these things that you can upgrade and change um here's the skill tree with unit types um the skill trees are pretty extensive. This is just one out of like five of them or whatever that you're seeing right now. You can tap the shoulder buttons and it'll cycle through all the different trees. I made the mistake of uh, <laughs> the first time I went to the tree, I made the mistake of acquiring skills for a party member I did not even have yet. Mm. I thought that like all the abilities would transfer over, but that 
I don't think was the case. I think I need that specific party member to use this stuff that yeah, I'm there's, unlocking. There's one of the job types you do not have initially, yeah. But you get the other job type pretty fast. Yeah. And I was an idiot, and I chose the upgrade for the job that I didn't have yet. Um, can you respect this stuff? I never noticed, actually. Uh, I never I never looked. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought I meant to do that, but then I got to that one, le- that one mission where I tried it over and over and couldn't beat it, and I just kind of gave up in a huff and never went back. Here's what we were talking about earlier, where you can kind of assign a sidekick to each mm-hmm. of your main characters. Um, this is also where you choose exactly who is in your party versus who's sitting out for each mission. Um, anything else Not that really. we should mention about it? I think that covers it. It's it's pretty self-explanatory. Like it, the combat does get. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Like you're gonna. It that, does. It does also start to get a little repetitive after a while. Yeah. But like, if you like that, it's also kind of like, the, what else? What else is there like this? Yeah. How, yeah. You know, what else like, is like this? And how else do you do it? Yeah. Like, how do you make it deeper than what they? Have? No one's figured that out yet. Yeah. So. I mean, the way you make it deeper is you make it for PC and don't have to worry about people using a controller. controller yeah um but i think for something that has to work on controller they've done about as good as they can do yeah there are also summons in the game yeah so after you build Final up your fantasy summons there's bahamut and everybody yeah there's bahamut and then the second one i got was like a, a health boost it wasn't even mm. like an attack like my second one so i haven't used him very much but bahamut's the first one that you get and um i think he's in this footage here shortly but they're elaborate, like crazy, over-the-top attacks, just like you would expect from summons in a Final Fantasy game that happen in real time, though. Yeah, if you called this like Final Fantasy Tactics RTS, like I would have, I would yeah. believed you. I would if they had, if this had been called Final Fantasy whatever, I'd have been like, all right, yeah. I can see that totally, um, because one Final Fantasy game to the next isn't always all that similar either. So I've learned over time to have a kind of an open mind with what is or isn't a Final Fantasy video game. Um, but I had a ton of fun with this again until I hit that one mission that just like flummoxed me and it, I just kind of lost all my momentum. But again, of the three JRPGs that I played this week, Star Ocean, Valkyrie Elysium, and Diofield <laughs> Chronicle, Diofield Chronicle was my favorite. Mm. Did you like this more than Valkyrie Elysium? Yeah. Yeah? This is this is definitely a better game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, this caught me off guard and by surprise. Um, I'm glad I gave it a whirl. Um, because you had talked about it before, and I didn't need to. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Matt can talk about it again. I'm sure he... Because you said you were going to play it again once once it came out. Yeah. But I just gave this a whirl um, out of curiosity, and I got hooked very quickly. And you can see here, eventually, zombies become a part of the game, because... Of course it is. Of course they do. <laughs> it's in Game of Thrones. It's in this. Yeah. Except except the incest. I haven't seen the incest. Not yet. yet. <laughs> Waiting though. <laughs> Give it some time. It's an epic tale. They yeah. got they got some time. <laughs> um, uh, e says yes. You can respect it. Toss go oh, cost ten k and money does not come easy in this. So that's a lot of money to respect. But at least you can. Um, but I've had a lot of fun with this game. I think it's a solid game. Again, the yeah. presentation is a little weak. The story's a little dry. Um, but it is doing something different. It is. So. I haven't played a game like this maybe ever. Yeah, I mean... Similar games I've played, but... I can think of a couple. Like, like there's... Um, like, it, there's a little bit of Dragon Force in this. There's a little bit of Langrisser in it. Yep, Langrisser, um, for sure. It's, yep. it's, but it, it's unique, certainly for, the, for now, yeah. for the time. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, it's a shame that there's that one mission. I'm sure everybody's going to hit it and say the same thing. It's like, it's just annoying. It's like, it's one of those things where you keep eliminating the issue 
And then another issue pops up the next time you run through. And then you eliminate that one. And then another issue pops up. And I just got sick of it. I was like, dude, I'm not, this is the fifth time some other group of enemies has just appeared out of nowhere and destroyed the damn cart. And I was like, I'm done. And I moved on. And I didn't go back after that. But I had a lot of fun playing this game up until I got to that point. And maybe you're lucky and your build or your characters, your party or whatever is different. And it's easier for you to get through that. And you're like, what the hell is Shane talking about? But that one mission really threw me a curveball and it put me off of the game and I have not gone back to play it more yet. But I might because these first couple weeks of October are not great and then the last two weeks of October are out of control. Um, anything else you want to add about this before we not really. call it? No, just... Would you buy this at full price? I did. Even, so, after, yeah. the, even after the demo. Even after the demo. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, Square Enix sent me this. Um, would I be happy if i paid 60 bucks for it it appears to be a really big game yeah it's it seems lengthy i think you're if you like it you're probably going to get your money's worth Mm -hmm. um so there is some questionable balancing emission difficulty but probably if you get over that hump it probably goes right back to smooth sailing for a while again and then when you come up with your next um escort mission you'll have a better idea of how to handle it and you could probably get through it more quickly than the first one um 60 bucks, a little bit of a stretch for me for this game. I'd feel better if it was 50. I'd feel really good if it was 40. If it was 40, I'd be shouting from the rooftops for everybody to go and buy this game. 60, it's hard for me to recommend it for people to buy unless you have a, a predilection for these types of games. And if that's the case, you're probably a hardcore PC gamer and you probably have stuff that's way better than this anyway, honestly. Um, but you're right. It is kind of like... Final Fantasy RTS a little bit mm-hmm. that works on a console for the most part. There are some... It's good enough. It's good enough. That's a good way to put it. There are some moments where I'm like, damn it, I can't quite get exactly what I want. Yeah, early on, I had a lot of trouble sort of like remembering which button which button selected things in the pause screen and which button unpaused it. Yeah. That happened a lot. Yeah, you're right. That did happen to me a lot too. And I was like, that's just me. And as it turns yeah. out, it wasn't just me. <laughs> Uh, Swanland says it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle water level of strategy games. A little bit, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Uh, Swanland says maybe it'll come to Game Pass. Maybe, but I wouldn't. It'll probably be a while. Otherwise, it would have been. They would have yeah, signed up for it'd be it already. A solid Game Pass get though. It, this would be a great Game Pass get. This is the perfect type of game that you want for Game Pass. I think I'm about to fire off. Yeah, yep, here comes Bahamut. the summon. So we'll we'll finish this segment off with the summon. The bottom of the judge. Yep. <laughs> yep. And there you go. Yeah, even the same like kind of square battlefield pullout like in yep. Final Fantasy Tactics. Yep. There you go. Mission clear. So that's the Dio Field Chronicle, not Chronicles, and there is a the before Dio Field. Mm-hmm. Um, it is available for everything, even Switch. Which is not a surprise, because it's not really graphically intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be a great game to take on the go with you as well. It is Although a, you'd be squinting. You would be. Yeah, because the units are already pretty yeah, small, pretty even small. on a TV screen. And But if you can use the touch... I don't know if you can use the touch screen to control it. That would be pretty good. That would be good. That would be a better way to play it, for sure. And I didn't... I played the ps5 version i didn't play the switch version so i do not yeah. know if the touch screen works yeah like the that. ps5 i think it's P- is that the ps5 or the xbox i can't remember yeah but you didn't play the switch version i did not yeah 
Um, so unfortunately, we can't help you with that as to whether the Switch screen works for this. But uh, I do think it's a good game because you can kind of just pause it, put it in your pocket, and come back and pick right up and uh, hit the ground running. So typically, that's kind of what I look for when I decide whether I want to buy a game for Switch or I want to buy it for one of the other platforms. Um, am I going to want to play this on mm. the go? And usually, I, usually the answer to that is no. No. <laughs> yeah, my, mine is always like, is this only available on the Switch? Yes. Okay. That's, a, Radiance, uh, that's how you get me to buy Radiant Silver Gun after you put it back up on the store after pulling it for a few days. Yeah. Yep. Uh, minority games Weird. is no, it's not turn based. But the way the game plays, it's like you don't need to remember a bunch of stuff that you just did to remember what to do next in this game. You can just go to home which basically pauses it and come back and pick up and just keep playing. So it will work fine as a uh, Switch game if you want to play it in handheld mode. Um, and that's it for our topics for today's episode, which brings us to some of your favorite parts of Game Face, which is... That's right, party people. It's time for Name That Game. It's a very simple game. I show you a collection of screenshots for a video game. You just try to guess the name of the video game. That's really all there is to it. You're playing against this guy. You need to beat him. You need to guess it first. You guys win all ties. So if in chat, you guess it around the same time he does, you guys win. And if you win, you get a free video game. Now, just a couple things before we get going. Don't spam the name of the game because we put the chat into slow mode, which means you can only send a message once every 60 seconds. So make sure that your guesses count. It's very important. Also, if you have won this year, do not play. You can only win once per calendar year. So if you've won at any point prior in 2022, do not play. Do not give any hints. Don't ruin the game for everybody else who's playing and trying to win. And I think that's it. Um, are you ready, Matt? Sure. My prediction this time is we will make it to image three. I got today's guess the game in one, so we'll see. Oh, you did? Yeah. Last last episode, I, I was surprised. Those trees. Last episode with Detroit, I was surprised that people got it with the one. So I may be wrong again, but I think we'll make it to image three. We'll see how it goes. Um. Okay. Here comes the first image for name that game. Go. Gave you a bush. If you can figure out what game that bush comes from, you will win. Name that game. Peter Jackson's King Kong. No, but that's a good guess. Mm, solid. Mellow Pintor Elden Ring. No. I'm going to use Elden Ring sometime, though. I thought I almost <laughs> used it today because I was like, I want to see if people can actually pick it out. They love that game so much. Let's see if they can actually pick it out. Skyrim. No. We already did Skyrim. Yeah, we did Skyrim already, but Mitchell may have missed the show. Everything Zen, no. Hellblade, no. Fallout New Vegas, no. Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, no, but that's a good one. Mm. Good guess. Fallout, no. Golden Axe Beast Rider. Nope, but that's a good guess, too. Far Cry 6, no. Pikmin, no. Papa John's ad, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think we're ready for image number two of Name That Game. And here we go. I gave you a bag. Can you figure out what game that bag comes from? It's a burlap sack, all right. (laughs) 
Oh, no guesses so far. There's Wampler's 50 cent blood in the sand. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sneak King, no. From Danny Endurance. Cinetite, the Outer Worlds, no. I think we're gonna make a damage three. People aren't even guessing. Looks mildly Resident Evil, no. Witcher 3, no. Metro Exodus, no. Call of Duty World at War, that's a good one, no. That's a really good guess for that image. A Plague Tale, no. Hmm. Two people guessed that at once, both Eth Demon and Arbiter Zack. Arbiter Zack. Not a Plague Tale. Okay, we're going to the third image. I think this will be the one that gives it away. And here we go. Oh. Metal Gear Solid 5, no. <laughs> Death Stranding, no. Kind of looks like Dragon's Dogma. LSD, no. <laughs> That's not psychedelic enough for LSD. Wolfenstein 2, no. Demon Souls, no. Erebus Jones says he's got it. But I think he just won, so he can't guess. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, no. Dragon Age Inquisition, no. But that's a good guess. Somebody already guessed Witcher 3, Xerxes. Cinetite gets it. Mm. Shadow of Mordor. Finally. I thought for sure that architecture would give it away right away. But it didn't. But we have our winner. Here's a round of applause for Cinetite. Good job, Cinetite. Do you see it now, Matt, or no? Yeah, I mean, I see that it's some Mordor thing. Yeah. That stuff has been so influential, though, that it could be anything. You're right. It's been repurposed by everybody yeah. else at this point. Yeah, you're totally right. Like the I, see, I, got I, it. I do see the, like, the double line, zip line thing now. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of unique to that. Um, Vincent says, I've been playing through Shadow of Mordor for the past month or so, and I had no clue. Mm. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm curious how... Um, how you got it, Cinetite. I'm glad that Cinetite got it, by the way. He's one of our best supporters here on our live stream. He's, he's here every week watching the show live. I love to see people like him win Name That Game. Congratulations again. Here are the last two images that I try to make more obvious so you guys will get them. Hmm. Showed the feet and the sword. Italian feet. The sword is what I thought would that's, give it away. Is orc feet? It is. That's and that's feet. also their swords. Yeah. I thought the sword would give it away. The orc sword. And then this would definitely give it away. The orc's head. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Congratulations once again, Cinetike, for winning. Send us a DM here on Twitch at Sifted Games. You can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send a DM to Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can get at me with a DM on Sifted at Shane. However you do it, just get in touch with me and we'll get out your free game. And congratulations once again. So I was right. I guessed the third image, and that's exactly how you figured it out. Cinetike says, he, I got it from the catapult thingies and the battlements on the wall. Yep. I knew that that would be the one that would give it up. I figured at the very least just the architecture of the building might give it up. But as you said, all that stuff has been like repurposed now. So mm -hmm. you just don't even know like what game it could be coming from. Uh, but congratulations once again, Cinetike. Good to see that you won. All right, we got plenty of time. To do some Q&A here, we'll answer more questions than normal if you guys have them. Um, just hit us up in the chat. Uh, let's bring up the chat here. If you guys have any at all. Uh, here's one from Ashes and Yarglass. Considering it was absent all year, including the latest state of play, do you think Spider-Man 2 will still make 2023? That's a good one. 
Insomniac does tend to hit their goals. Yep. I can't remember the last time Insomniac delayed a game. No, didn't they From move, when they, they actually they announced the release date. Yeah, I think it did move up like a couple weeks yeah. or something. Yeah. Insomniac is really good about hitting its release dates, so I think probably it's going to hit it. Or at the very least, I feel like we probably would have heard something by now about some kind of a change in the release date or something like that. No, mm-hmm. I think I think we're good. I think Spider-Man's going to be good to go um, for this year. Um, Sneaky, Charlotte Snake. A news just broke that Overwatch 2's launch has been ruined by Bellens DDoSing it. How do you feel about these kinds of attacks? DDoS attacks? F off. Mm-hmm. It's the worst, man. Like, why do people do this? <laughs> Everybody just wants everyone else to be as miserable as they are. That's really yeah. what it feels like a lot of the time. I feel like crap. I hate my life. I hate myself. I want you to feel just like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Like, I don't understand. In some cases, it. that's a whole political platform. Yeah. That's pathetic, though. Why would someone do that to Overwatch 2? Like, why? I don't know. Like, or maybe Over- it's. Overwatch 2 has enough problems already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blizzard. I mean, maybe that's why they're maybe, getting back at Blizzard for that stuff. They're mad that Blizzard got woke or something. Who knows? Well, I mean, they're mad at. Maybe they're mad at Blizzard because Blizzard was letting women be harassed in the workplace. And... No, nah, that's not really the style of people. Yeah, like you're right. Usually it's the, it's the opposite. Yeah. That sucks, and we hate it, and we're against it here at Sifted and Game Face. So those people can F off. So a lot of people waited a long time to play Overwatch 2 today. I'm one of them. Um, We didn't get review code from Blizzard. We would have liked to have had it in today's show, but unfortunately we didn't get early code. So we'll be talking about Overwatch 2 in next week's episode. Um, Justin Horman. So I've been pleasantly surprised. I'll bring you up on screen here. So I've been pleasantly surprised and enjoying uh, Escape Academy on Game Pass lately. Can you remember any game you didn't buy and weren't watching and got access to it via Game Pass, PSN, or Games with Gold, but ended up enjoying your time playing it, and it took you by surprise? I like how you did that with, like, my emoji with the hands. How do you do that? I don't know. They do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how you guys. You guys are wizards of uh, Twitch and Twitch chat. Um, What about you, Matt? Spiritfarer. Spiritfarer? Mm-hmm. I mean, Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> yeah, I guess Power Wash Simulator is up there. <laughs> I think that's the most obvious answer for everybody. Like, nobody would have played Power Wash Simulator if it weren't on Game Pass. No one's going to, like, plunk down money for that. But it's one of those things where it's like, I'll try it. Sure, why not? And then people started playing it, and they're like, weird, this kind of ticks one of my OCDs. <laughs> I think uh, also, like, it wasn't for me because I was aware of it beforehand but i think tunic was that for a lot of people uh, yeah i would agree people wouldn't have tried that no way but it's just sitting there and mm-hmm. it looks kind of cool give it a go and i mean i also wonder too and i think we've talked about this before about if developers are going to start developing their games differently for services like game pass where it's kind of important on game pass if you get people hooked right away mm-hmm. so i do wonder if developers eventually may start adjusting how they develop their games to make sure that there's a hook right in the open to get people snared in so that they get that play time so they get more money from microsoft or whatever company owns the services so it'll be interesting to see how it impacts development if it does at all but yeah i mean i think everybody has at least a game or two that either that they got for free from any of these things from xbox live from playstation plus from amazon prime which by the way i don't think a lot of people realize if you help us out 
with Twitch Prime, you also get like five or six free games every month from Amazon Prime. Um, there's just so many free games there coming from all these different directions. Epic Game Store. I think everybody has at least one or two that they found that they're like, I never would have played this. And I got totally sucked into it and ended up really liking it. Um, I mean, I can think of tons of from PlayStation Plus games that like mm-hmm. I may have had a passing interest in, ended up getting totally sucked into. Like from right from the beginning of the PS4 with Resogun. Would I have played that game on its own? Probably not. I ended up getting totally addicted to it and sucked into it. So I think that happens a lot. It's awesome. Uh, Minority Games. Is Bayonetta 3 considered the next level of stylish action beat-em-up genre? I think the jury's out. We'll have to wait and see. We won't know that until we play it. Yeah. Um, I think it could be. Maybe. I don't know if fighting with kaiju is what's going to put it over the top. but We'll see. But it gives it a new angle, at least. I'm excited for it, if that matters. Um, I'm curious if you guys are. I'm also curious. I wonder what percentage of our audience and like our users on Sit that have a Switch. I'd say most of them. You think so? I would think so. I don't know. And I wonder what percentage of those that it's their like second console that they just. Have. I'd say most people who own a Switch is their second console, but yeah. like the majority of people who play games own a Switch. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, Lynn Jeff ninety nine. Thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. We appreciate it. Uh, Demon, what's your opinion of 343 switching Halo to the Unreal Engine? Thank God. Yeah, whatever you gotta do. Thank God. What took so long? Like, every... I saw some other announcement today about some other studio switching to Unreal, and I'm just like, why isn't everybody doing it? Mm-hmm. Why are you building your own engines? Why? It's just not worth it anymore. It's not worth it. You're never gonna make an engine as good as Unreal. You're just not. Like, Naughty Dog... Insomniac, the lone exceptions, Rockstar maybe. Mm-hmm. At this point, in, in terms of like the engines, like they've had things or they have the tech sector to do it. You know, it's the the money. Yeah, but like, best. Yeah, the money. They have the time. They have the expertise. They have the talent. They have yep. the skills. Like, whereas, like, I mean, you could argue the three four three should be able to build their own engine and run Halo, but apparently did not. So, yeah. like, yeah, let's go use the thing that works. Yeah. So you can focus on the content and make that good for a change yep seems like it makes sense um minority games when will adult games be considered normal like prob hub is i don't know it's supposed to be porn hub oh is porn hub considered normal i think it depends who you ask (laughs) i don't even know what normal is anymore it's so hard to figure out adult games will be considered normal uh 20 years after vr catches on in the mainstream (laughs) a long time Uh, a lot of it depends on where you live as well i mean in Europe, like for instance, last time I went on a trip to Europe, we got to Versailles and we went into a bar and there was hardcore porn playing on the TVs in the bar. Mm. Hardcore porn, penetration, whole nine. But but wasn't anime porn. No, it was games. real. It was real yeah. humans so, having so sex. Because porn video games are not accepted, even in Germany. Yeah. And that was in France, obviously. Um that would never happen here. You're never going to go into a bar in America and walk in and have hardcore porn with penetration playing all, like, it's, like it's in a sports bar. I mean, in this bar in France, there was like 100 TVs, and all of them were playing hardcore porn. And that's never going to happen in America. So a lot of it depends on your culture. Culturally, like, so in France, I would argue, Pornhub probably is normal. It's like, whatever. In America, we still have this weird, like... Puritan undertones 
in our country that we just can't seem to shake for whatever reason. And so we're much slower on that stuff. But man, you can blow a guy's head up 55 times here, whereas in Germany, they turn the blood green. So, you know, a lot of it is just culturally where you're at. So in America, if you're asking about America, it's going to be a long, long time Mm -hmm. before adult games. I mean, you got to realize there's like 30% of our country that's like trying to drag everybody back to like 1950 right now or earlier. So that element is going to be in our country for a long time to come. And until those people are gone, that's never going to happen. That's just the truth. Uh, Okay, next question. Um, Danny Endurance, are you still playing Splatoon 3? What did you choose to take on the island? I don't know what the second part of the question is. I'm not still playing Splatoon 3. I've already had to move on, and it just didn't catch my attention. I imagine he's talking about whatever the next Splatfest was where you had to pick a side or something. Oh, I didn't even play the next Splatfest. So I have not really played it since I finished playing it for Game Face because I've been playing like JRPGs out the butt for the last like week and a half, two weeks. Um, so unfortunately, I have not continued to play it. I'll, but I know it will be a game that I do keep playing. It'll be that multiplayer game that I play here and there, like off and on for the next couple of years. Like I'm not going to just quit playing Splatoon 3, but it didn't snare me to keep me addicted to it right away, I guess is the best way I could put it. El Guapo 3385, what's your most anticipated horror survival game out of the main three? Callisto Protocol, RE4 Remake, or the Dead Space Remake? That's a good question. Um, um, Callisto Protocol, RE4 Remake, or Dead Space Remake? Pass. Really? You can't pick one of those three? <laughs> I, like, theoretically, it probably should be Resident Evil 4, but like, I need to know more That's about fine. what they're doing with that remake before I can decide whether to be excited about it or not. I'm curious about the other two. It's the Resident Evil 4 remake for me. Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games of as all time. As long as they don't screw it up. Well, even if they butcher it, I want to see how they butcher it. <laughs> like, I'm just, I am excited for that game big time. I wouldn't be that excited for it if it were more of a straight remake, like what we got with like RE2 and RE3. But the fact that they're like changing up the scenarios and like doing crazy stuff to this, I got to see what they're doing to it. I may hate it when it's all said and done, but I got to see it. I got to see what they did. Um, good question. Slagathor, what's the worst game you had to play all the way through for the purpose of reviewing it? I don't remember. Just a slurry of <laughs> games when I first started at GameSpot. I don't remember the half the things I reviewed. I recently I found like this old like flash drive that had like a folder with all the written like the web reviews I wrote for like a, over the course of like a bunch of years at G4. Yeah. And I didn't remember writing half of them. I'm like I mean yeah. I know they were me cuz I recognized my own writing but I'm like I don't remember even playing that game. Like it was like, Yeah. That's it it was such a it's such a treadmill that you just don't you don't retain any of it after yeah. a while. I uh, when I first got to GameSpot, I was the new guy. And uh, so as a new guy, I got all the crap work that nobody else wanted. And it was 2000, so it was near the end of the PlayStation 1 life cycle, and things were starting to rev up for PlayStation 2. Everyone at GameSpot was doing previews for PS2 games, previewing the hardware, doing the same thing for GameCube and stuff like that. I was the guy that they stuck reviewing all the last-run PlayStation 1 games. So as the PlayStation 1 was winding down and being sent out to pasture... I was the person that they gave all the PlayStation 1 games to while they handled all the other stuff. And totally fair. Mm -hmm. I was the noob. That's how it works. Um, But I played 
so many bad games that first six months I worked at GameSpot going through all those off. And I didn't care. Like, I just wanted to prove to them that I could review games and do it well. Um, and so, like, I wasn't complaining at all. Like, I was so I was a magazine editor. I was supposed to put EGM and OPM and tips and tricks up as websites. Like, I wasn't supposed to be working in editorial at all. So when it came to me and they're like, hey, here's Lego Rock Raiders. Would you like to review it? I was like, F yeah. Like, I reviewed the crap out of Lego Rock Raiders. Yeah, I did a lot of weird ones. Because you just want to prove yourself. Yeah, I guess if I'm thinking about the worst things, like, I, Floigan Brothers. No, from Dreamcast. Dreamcast, one of the (laughs) worst things I've ever played in my entire life. I thought that wasn't coming out. Like, a lot of people thought it was just canceled. It was years and years. And fun fact, that's the first game Frank Welker did a voice in. Oh, really? Megatron. Fred from Scooby Doo, like one of the most pro- one of the most uh, prolific voice actors in history, and the number one box office movie star in the world in history because he's done voices right. in so many things. Yeah, the first thing video game he ever did was Floigan Brothers, <laughs> absolute disaster. The Gundam game that the PS3 launched with that was bad. That was really bad. Yeah, and the GI uh, Joe. It was a GI Joe PS3 Xbox game that I reviewed that I also I think I give a one or a two too. Okay. But I know that Flogan Brothers and that Gundam game were ones out of five. Yep. So those are the worst that come. I'm sure there were others, but those are the things that come. Flogan Brothers, God, I hated. Like, I wanted to give it a zero. Like, <laughs> I hated that game so much. Batman for GameCube. Oh, the Dark Tomorrow, the Chemco <laughs> thing. Yeah, that was. That's the most. That's the most awkward press event I've ever been to. Because I was the only person who played the game. Oh my I was, god! Because I was so Dude, new, I couldn't even figure out how to like go up and down on his rope. Like it was so oh, yeah, it was very bad. bad. It was. I remember because it was like just one of those like weird press events in San Francisco where everybody just kind of went out to the thing and got free drinks. Yeah. And I was, you know, I only been full time <laughs> for like two months and I was like, I'm here to play. I'm going to go, do the thing. And all the developers and PR people were around me. Cause I was the only one playing the game. They're all asking me what I thought. And I'm like, this is really bad, but it's I don't know what worst. to tell you. Like, that game was and the so PR bad. people knew, you know, they knew, oh, yeah. they absolutely knew. And they're like, thanks. For Natalie DeRosa was yeah. the head of PR on that game. And that game was big. Because when the oh, GameCube yeah. was first announced, we're like, what? We're getting a 3D Batman game? And it's a GameCube exclusive? It was like, I can't even put it into words how big of a mm-hmm. deal it was. People waiting and waiting and waiting. And then we finally go to that yeah. event, and we were like, oh, my God. Because yeah, there'd already been the, the animated one. Right. Vengeance, I think yeah, it yeah. was. Which, Which was, was like fine. A, it was fine, yeah. But like this was like the Batman game you've been waiting for. It was like, yeah. you know, they sold it as what would eventually Arkham Asylum would be. Yeah. It was a 3D rendered Batman yeah. game, fully rendered, like with, with, based realistic on comics, looking. Based on, yeah, it was it was like taking all the stuff out of the it's Batman so lore. Was, oh my god! It Great question, Slagathor. Astounding. <laughs> astoundingly bad. Um, Mitchell is alive. Jeff Kanata describes there's games that he's married to, um, as games you always play in the background and throughout new releases. What games are you married to? I've talked about this all the time. Like I, it's Call of Duty, Splatoon. I talk about it all the time. Games that like I play while I'm waiting for my wife to get ready to leave for dinner. When she says I'm gonna be ready for, in 15 minutes, and at 15 minutes I sit down and start playing Call of Duty, and then a half hour later we leave. <laughs> That's those are I have games like that. Do you? No. 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 I I, I mean I play older games. Go back to them sometimes. Like I mean obviously um, I'll probably play Rocket League's another one. Mass yeah. Effect more uh, you know a few more times in my life, but like there's, there's nothing that I go back to and play constantly. They're usually multiplayer games. Generally. Yeah, I don't have any multiplayer games. Yeah. I, I mean even fighting games I don't play regularly enough to call them that. It's a great question. Other people are saying Rock Band, Guitar Hero, 
WWE. Man, I don't even have any. I keep thinking about dragging Rock Band out again, and then I was like thinking about setting all that stuff up, and I was like, I don't even know where half that stuff is anymore. Yep. Here's another one from Mitchell is Alive. Do you ever question your enjoyment of a game because of FOMO? Do you regret ignoring FOMO or giving into it? I've questioned FOMO with From Software's games for years and years. <laughs> um, I don't question my enjoyment of it. Like I question why I don't enjoy it when mm. everybody else does. And it always happens when a new From Software game comes out and everybody's really excited and having a great time. And I'm like... Debbie Downer in the corner not having fun at all. So that happens to me every time with those games. What about you, Matt? I don't really have that sort of thing with games. Like, in fact, everybody else going nuts over a game is like, I have to like, f- like fight to not dislike it. Oh, in, in <laughs> it makes you just. It or, just makes me more skeptical. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, Bayonetta is not a sales darling, unfortunately, from Swanland. Nope, it's not. I mean, no. this is its last chance. It never has been. So I mean, the first one first sold one pretty well. But Second once one it moved tanked. To, yeah, once it moved to Switch. It was Wii U. Or Wii U, that's right. Once it, it moved to Nintendo, it tanked. was kind of the end This of is it. its last chance. So I'll just say this right now to the people. If you want Bayonetta to continue, you better go buy Bayonetta Bayonetta is not going to continue. You better go buy Bayonetta It's not going to continue. It's over. <laughs> no go more get, heroes. Go get three. it. Go get three. Play three. You know, you got a solid trilogy there. Yeah. But like... No More Heroes 3? Probably the last in that line. Yeah. Suda51 came out this week and said, like... Basically, the fans have to like rise up or whatever. No, no. like they needed to rise nobody, up and buy the third yeah. game. And also, nobody cares. I mean, it was fine, but like, it, it's increasingly clear that no, no more heroes. One was lightning in a bottle. Well, no more heroes. It was, was of a, it was a t- of a time. It yeah. was of a moment, and it's over. It was a moment that somehow managed to linger on yeah. for years and years. I mean, there's an element of just suited didn't have a better idea for a yeah. while. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drifter J, any game from last gen that needs a second chance, in your opinion, that maybe could benefit from a little more TLC? Let me think. Last gen. Hmm. Hmm. Well, the entire Wii U catalog. Yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, they did. They ended up it, getting yeah. the more love and the more TLC, and they ended up releasing in a better form on Switch. So, yeah, the whole Wii U catalog, essentially falls mm-hmm. under that category for me can you think of anything else mm. we're also in the position you and i where we pretty much only play the good stuff anymore like we don't really have to play bad yeah, games anymore I'm not i don't know everything was more or less i mean yeah i don't everything was more or less pretty solid mm-hmm. honestly the main stuff would be like psvr1 stuff day's gone that's maybe one. Yeah, fuck Days Gone. <laughs> days Just an go, example. Days Go Away. Um, <laughs> you'd have to reinvent how that whole thing flowed to get my interest again. Like that, no. The problem with that game is that it, it, the first third or half of it is just stone dead boring it's bloat yeah the whole game feels bloated to me and like I, you spend the first like hour trying to save a character that I wish would die right. so like, I don't <laughs> beyond that and plus like the inability to make that motorcycle get more than four inches to the gallon just like <laughs> fuck that game but, that's, but again that's something you could tweak to make it better right I guess but like you, you, the ship has sailed like yep. I don't I don't have any interest in revisiting that okay um, the Big Smoke 82 I had a switch for two years and sold it I got fed up waiting for Breath of the Wild 2. I may pick pick one up again next year, or maybe they will have uh, unveiled a new model by then. It's possible. They it might. It's possible. They might have a Zelda Zelda Special Edition Switch you'll never be able to get because it sells out in five seconds. Yeah. Uh, Kevy Ann's most anticipated game for 2023. Good lord. Oh, Starfield. 
Yeah, probably. There's so many. I don't even know where to begin. Starfield, number one with a bullet. Number number two slot would be a longer discussion. But Starfield is absolutely the top. Yeah, I mean, it has been a while since we played a new Bethesda RPG. So it's probably my top. Yeah, even for Zelda, Zelda's just more of a known quantity than what this... I mean, look, Starfield might be a fucking tire Disaster. fire. Like, yeah. we don't know. Like, yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like we always say, like, most anticipated is a best game. Yeah. It's like, what game or can we not wait to learn more about? Uh, I think that might be it. Um, Shneeky says, Splatoon ads are everywhere in Japan. It's a big deal here. I didn't know that you lived in Japan. He's I visiting. He's working. He's still he's, visiting. He's working there. Oh, he's doing something there. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. He's, we talked about that, like, weeks ago. Gotcha. Uh, our last one, Evil Oni 5. If 343 switches engines, wouldn't it be in their best interest to double down with id tech as it's already owned by Microsoft. I think everyone going to Unreal will stifle innovation with everyone using the same thing. That is possible, but the the cost of Hit building... Tech is so specific to what they make, though. Yeah. And we've already seen with Doom, and so, like, they didn't translate the multiplayer very well. Yeah. I think Unreal is the way to go there. I don't see how that's going to stifle anything. I just know the best games, the best-looking games that I've seen are all Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. And all they all, like, there's no stifling, really, there. Like, usually, if you go to Epic and they're like, we'd like to be able to do this, Epic's like, let's figure it out. Yeah. Like, they're very open to, like, adding on they're to the engine and doing new things. They're great partners to work with, things. for sure. Um, yeah, I, um, I... I am, you know, I'm one of the biggest pessimists in the industry about Halo at this point, probably. But, like, I, that's a positive development to me. Also, I don't think that... This isn't, like the OG Unreal Engine, where no. everything that was built on that engine did look kind of the same. Yeah, this isn't like Unreal 3 where nobody can do hair right. Yeah, you know, and stuff the, like, like Unreal Engine has evolved a yeah. ton and we since haven't then. Seen, I mean, look at that Matrix thing. Right. You know, and, and now think about what it's going to be like next year in the year ahead. Yeah. yeah. yeah art style now can, can, can do whatever make your you game want look completely different from someone else's on Unreal. Now, there are some effects that lazy studios will use out of the box yeah you're gonna you see some canned stuff in there but i don't think you're gonna see that from halo yeah i think lower budget games you'll see some of that samey stuff but i think with studios yeah, with a real budget it's, it's not like the source engine where like yeah. you can just see a screenshot and you're like that's half-life yep you know like, yeah where they all look the same and yeah. a lot of that is like texturing and stuff like that yeah there's really just a certain way they process stuff i mean i even yeah. noticed that the thing that looked the most familiar to me in the, th the third shadow mordor screenshot was the fire yeah like the explosion or fire down there was like okay yeah i know that i know yeah. as soon as you said shadow mortar i'm like yeah that's what that is. you know and that, i think that was unreal yeah but there's just a certain they designed those explosions in shadow mortar i just there's a certain look to it also id tech sucks yeah. so <laughs> i don't know why you'd want to build anything on id tech id tech does doom real well yeah and that's, that's about, about it. it yeah so yeah i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to run something especially something that's so multiplayer focused in the way that that uh halo is yep uh, yeah. Yeah. No. It's not like it was back in the Gears of War days, where every game looked like Gears of War. <laughs> it's, it's just not how the Unreal Engine works anymore, or any engine really, for that matter. So I'm not worried about that at all. And I do hope that everybody gets on Unreal so they can spend less time just getting stuff up and running, and they can spend more time just working on making their game unique and more creative. And that's what I believe middleware, if you want to still call it that in 2022, I believe that's the big advantage of middleware, is taking all the time out of game development, just getting your engine running or just building an engine and allowing you to spend your time working on making the actual game better. So that's why I call for everyone to work on Unreal if they can. Mm -hmm. Or Unity, if they would rather work on Unity, that's cool, too, because the tools there are also great at this point. Um, anything else you want to add? 
Yeah. Okay. That's it for Game Face episode 317. Thanks to everybody. Again, I want to apologize about last week, but it was kind of a medical emergency. And as it turns out, it kind of is now a medical emergency. And again, I will keep you guys in the loop on what's going on. I'm not going to bring this stuff up and then just leave you hanging because it's too personal or whatever. Um, I'm always straight up with you guys, and that will continue. Uh, but thanks Shane to everyone has who showed no up boundaries. What did you say? Shane has no boundaries. I really don't. Like, I, I really am an open book. Like, I, I try to live my life so that I can be an open book, and I'm not ashamed of anything that I do. So it's kind of worked out. Even at my age, I feel like I can do that. So anyway, thanks, everybody. Everyone on chat, you guys were great. Thanks for everybody who gave us Twitch Prime. I um, mean, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services and you want to support us, please head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge whatever you want. You can pledge a dollar a month, a hundred dollars a month. Everything is up to you. Um, if you do want to get all our content early, that's just $4 a month and you'll get everything early. Pactor Factor a week early, Game Phase 4 or five days early. Generally everything at least three days early. That's just $4 a month. Um, or you can just give us a dollar if you just want to help, whatever you want to do. We appreciate any help that you can give us. Again, that's patreon.com slash sifted. If you don't have any money, you can help us with Twitch Prime like a lot of people do on our live stream. If you're watching on YouTube, the instructions to do that are down below. They're very easy and very quick, and we would really appreciate it. You can literally give us a free 250 that Amazon pays us. Come on. If, if anything, doesn't it feel good to make Amazon pay somebody? instead of us paying Amazon. Uh, but anyway, thanks to everyone who's live on the stream. Thanks to all our patrons who support us at patreon.com slash sifted. All our subscribers at sifted.net. We really appreciate you guys. We'll be back next Tuesday at twitch.tv slash sifted games at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Until then, have a great week. Game Face is up and out.